LSG Media presents a Game of Thrones podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I'm Dean. I'm joined by Jessica. And uh, we're going to be talking about Stormborn, the second episode of the seventh season of Game of Thrones. I'm excited to dive right in. Uh, Jessica, give me your opening impressions of this week's episode. All right. My opening impressions were I liked this episode and I was excited because in the last episode, I said this was fun. We saw all our friends. We got the little pieces in motion, but like the motion's got to lead to something. And I don't mean the something between Masande and Grey Worm. Mm-hmm. I mean like legit real somethings. And it did. Wow. We had a is this awesome gonna be fucking you, Is this going to be you all night making fun of those two Yes. <laughs> Slaves who turn themselves into something instead of nothing with their wit and determination. Yes. Damn. Moving on. That's dark. This episode I loved a lot because, again, we're still moving our pieces together. Everything isn't exactly, you know, we want John to be meeting Danny. We want Arya to get to Winterfell. We want all this stuff to still happen. But we get a fucking awesome battle scene that was incredibly violent and chaotic and pretty fantastic. And I really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very exciting. We killed some people, no one important that we really cared about. We almost killed some people that I cared about dying, but then we didn't, which was sad for me, not for them. Anyway, <laughs> there was a lot of good stuff. There was only like one really boring thing that was a waste of my time. And uh, what was that? Pray what, tell. what do you think? Um, so, anyways, there's there's some interesting stuff happening. Pretty excited. Um, feel pretty bad for Danny that uh, she sent, you know, her people out to do shit and they didn't get it done. I have a lot I want to talk about with that and how it's going to affect her relations moving forward as far as Elena and Tyrion. Um, but we will get there when we get there. Awesome. Um, so any standout moments for you? Although that yeah. probably is obvious, right? Obviously. Okay. We all know. Gotcha. If all you right. don't know chat, get out of here. So. I happen to think this was also a very good episode. Um, yeah, man, I I didn't expect there to be a big battle so fast, and it was a pretty big battle. Uh, there's, as somebody who likes naval battles in cinema, uh, I thought it one of the things that my initial impression of the episode is favorable. My initial impression of the battle setup was actually lower. But then I liked it more the more I thought about it and after seeing it again. It was lower in that I thought, like, when you're dealing with a a TV show like Game of Thrones and you're dealing with something that so many nerds, myself included, are like, cool, we want to see the battles, how many troops, how's this going to work, what's the logistics of this? When you're dealing with a naval battle of this scale, one of the problems I have with it is the ability for a massive fleet to literally ambush and ram another fleet in a matter of seconds with little to no warning. Like when I start to think about that, I'm like, okay, the fog must have been super thick. Maybe they couldn't see. Maybe they didn't have lookouts. But you're asking me to disbelieve the idea that all those ships in Yara's fleet, even if it's only, say, 50, which I think it's 100, none of them see not one ship coming on the horizon. Nobody's looking out. Nobody sounds an alarm. There's no horn. There's no bells. There's no nothing. They just fall upon all of their ships. So that part of it, I was like, what the fuck? How did they just fall upon this fleet? Now, I know historically in naval battles, 
fog played a factor. If you weren't looking, you're attacking at night, visibility is low. So I'm willing to give it a pass, but it definitely distracted me on a first watch. On a second watch, I was so blown away by the boarding operation that I thought, this is fucking amazing. Uh, 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 um, Euron Greyjoy just towering height over everyone, killing everyone with that beautiful fucking Kraken axe. That thing is awesome. Him landing, the, the, the whole boarding, the, that, that uh, drawbridge thing or gangplank that drops down and digs yes. into the hull. And he fucking, they rush across. And I love boarding operations. The, the fire embers, like snow lighting the area. It, it was, it, you know, we see battles in snow and it's cool because the giant snowflakes are falling and adds to the environmental effects. And in this case, I thought it was awesome. Like the embers from the burning wood just all over the place and guys hacking and swinging through it. It was cool. I liked that stuff. Yarn um, Greyjoy was a big win for me personally in this episode. They showcased his capability. I like that. When it's all said and done, after all that, I stopped thinking about all the logistics of could they have ambushed the, the, the flagship specifically so easily and just come out of nowhere and ram them. Um, I kind of was like, I got to get over that, I guess. Anyway. We'll get into it in more detail. Well, yeah. Soon, well, I'm I probably sure. don't even have much more to say, but. Well, way no. to blow your load. Hey, it's a load blowing night. Uh, just like, ask Miss Andy. Yeah. Mm, that's damn. right. <laughs> damn. Boom, boom. Too soon. All right. So let's move on to uh, working our way through this episode. So let's go right into it and uh, let's talk location. Tell me how you want to handle locations. Uh, we got Dragonstone, Winterfell, uh, King's Landing, uh, Old Town Citadel. I put Arya on her own. And then, of course, you're on Surprise Attack. I call that Greyjoy. Cool. So, talk to me about how you want to do this. Oh, I don't. You pick the order today. We should probably do the battle last, though, because it's the last scene. I say we start with Dragonstone. Uh, who's there? Oh, okay. Yep. I say we start with Dragonstone. Oh, because you want to get to the Masanda and Grey Worm stuff. Not just that, yeah. but it sets mm -hmm. up the ravens and all that shit mm -hmm. that are coming out. Thank God this is the last part of Dragonstone. We can talk about everything else first. Unsullied no more. That's going to be me all night, just telling you. You like that beat? It's pretty good. All right. Um, I mean, you know, for Westerosian porn. Uh, let's dive right into Dragonstone. This is going to sound really stupid, but one of the things I liked about this scene a lot is we don't... It sounds so cliche in a fantasy setting or something like Game of Thrones to be like, ooh, there's an old castle at night. It's yeah. raining and dark. Stormy. And there's lightning. Fucking lightning shooting, snaking across the sky. I thought that was cool. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. When's the last time we saw this in Game of Thrones? I thought it was just cool. I don't know. It's just like, this is now a horror movie. Yeah, is this like the beginning of Dark Shadows or some shit? Will your friends make it out alive? No. No. Not <laughs> For sure not in this movie. <laughs> not many of your friends make it out alive. That's a fact. But uh, Stormy Night uh, and um, Danny laments. She's, um, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the, the planning, Melisandre's arrival, more planning, uh, uh, Danny and Olena speaking alone, and then, of course, Grey Worm and Masandi. So those are your bullet points that we got to tackle in Dragonstone. So let's start with Danny lamenting that she doesn't feel like it's a homecoming. Well, and well, well. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you said that. 
Then she like got her shit together by the next scene. Like then Mel Sandra showed up and she's like, all right, somebody mm. gives a shit about me. But like, boo freaking who? Do you want, let's talk about Danny for a minute right here. Yeah, she's my friend. So, but. Um, you know, I razzed my brother for, for getting on his high horse about Danny and talking about how she's she acts like some privileged child who deserves the on crown. On premiere night? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. And then I said, yeah, but don't you think that she has some sort of, don't you think that she feels like she wants a sense of justice for having to flee from her home and coming back? But part of me almost feels like, I hate the preview, I was born to rule the seven kingdoms. But like, you're not winning me over with that statement. I mean, she's real pretty, so I bet she wins a lot of men over with that statement. No, but you know, I was born to rule. Oh, I was... Born this way My, to rule. Sound like Stewie Griffin now. I, I'm born to rule. My name is Danny Stormborn. I don't know, but whatever the fuck her name is. I am the Khaleesi. I was born for rulership. She's got like 67 names. Daenerys Stormborn, Targaryen, the House of Dragons, mm. Mother of Dragons, mm. Breaker of Chains, Killer of People for No Reason, Yeller at Varys, Aunt of Jon Snow. I don't know. That's it. There's a lot of them. Auntie to Jon Snow. Auntie Danny. Mm. I was talking about that at work today. Well, let's focus on Danny and let's talk about her lamenting. Doesn't feel like a homecoming. They start planning. She's she's whining about how her brother would have already invaded King's Landy. Of course, she's talking about Viserys, Mr. Golden Crown, if you forgot. Uh, Tyrion reassures her that she will not be Queen of Ashes. Uh, so this kind of leads into this really good exchange between her and Varys. Agreed. But am I being... I think it was it was definitely Nate in the in the thing said is is anyone a little concerned about Daenerys's behavior as of late? And here's what I like about it: they're not going to make Daenerys a villain, so to speak. But if they wanted to maybe alter your perception of her a little bit, they're doing it in the right way because they're slowly. You're kind of like, damn, Daenerys, like damn, Danny, just fucking chill for a minute, and you know, and blah blah blah, and like. It would be cool to see a little, like shades of, of Ares II, her father, shades of the Mad King in her. I think that's, I think it's cool to watch her operate now that she's on Westeros. And, uh, you know, maybe that's just a condition of her last name, those fucking Targaryens, man. You know, she just starts getting a little drunk on the possibilities out there waiting for her lush and ripe Westeros, right, for her to pick apart with her fucking dragons. But, um, she's, you know, she's lamenting at this waiting, but then she's just going to wait. Like, right. And this is the, the problem. Is, this is a is, weird decision. She's, she's trying hard to not be the Mad King. Mm. And in doing so, she's doing these different things and she's listening to politics and she's listening to Tyrion and, and she's trying to, she's trying so hard to be someone different that what she, the decision she made turned out to be the wrong decision because mm. now two of her main ladies are captured and, a bazillion ships are in flames and like your own great joy is yet. fucking God only knows what he's doing right now. He's, he would be like that guy at Craster's keep drinking out of the skull. Tanner. Yeah. He'd be like him. Mm. He's for sure. Like him. Evan Tanner. I think he, they're trying to make him the new, you know, big bad, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. The new Ramsey Bolton. Isn't that there's never going to, but then again, I said there would never be a new Joffrey. There's never going to be a new Ramsey. Is there? I don't know. Mm. It might be Euron. They're trying. Yeah. They're going to try. Anyway, well, totally wrong scene. Uh, okay. Off track. Let's bring it back in. Bring it back to Danny. Danny. I liked your conversation with Varys. And my favorite thing is, is that Varys never wavers in what he's trying to say. 
Yeah, Varys is great here. He's always been awesome. Yes. Uh, I like this. Danny, it's kind of to summarize, uh, Danny starts a line of questions and observations. She goes after him, challenges him. Varys bites back a little. He says he serves the people. She just says that if she begins to fail, that Varys is honest and upfront with her and tells her to her face versus conspiring to get rid of her, which I thought was a really smart play by Danny. That was my favorite thing she did this week was that, was to tell Varys, give me the common fucking courtesy to tell me I'm fucking up before you start to conspire against me was what she right. was saying in so many words. But I like what he says too, where he says, I will never give you blind allegiance. Just behead me right now if that's what you want. Yep. And I like that he was willing to say that to her and, and I mean, suffer the consequences. Mm-hmm. She could have simply been like, yep. Okay, fine. Yes. Yes. And he's always said, you know, this is nothing new from Varys. Uh, he, he, and I want him to say it so bad because he said it in the past, but he says, I serve the realm. Right. He's always said that. And that's, that's for sure what he's, the point he's making. Here. Right. And well, this week he said, I serve the people, the realm. Just say realm. No, I'm not going to say that. I want him to say that. Oh, not you. I was going to say, I refuse. <laughs> I have nothing to say about that. But I like this. I, so, but I don't want to just play, let's beat up Danny day because Put yourself in Danny's position. This guy literally conspired to have you killed. It's going to put a dent in the relationship a little bit, even though it was nothing personal to him. He was just doing what I guess he thought was right at the time. He always does what he thinks is right at the time. And he, and he will, the problem is, is he will change his allegiance based on circumstance in a way, because he's already done that. It's true. But don't you think that that still serves at the pleasure of the realm? Yeah. He does what he thinks is best for the realm. So Melisandre does what he, she thinks is best for the Lord of light, including burning a child alive. So it's true. It's true. So by what? To Melisandre and that point being made, like you can always say, yes, I'm doing what's best for the realm, which is basically like I can do whatever I want as long as I can say it fits my purpose. And the second it doesn't, I got to jump ship and move on to the next. Mm Mm-hmm. I think everybody kind of does but that. They do, but Varys, in the fact that him and Melisandre are essentially doing the same thing, except one's doing what the Lord of Light wants and one's doing what the Realm wants, but Varys is more genuine and it's... Yeah. Does that make sense? They all, they all do what they... what They all they all serve their own codes, mm-hmm. right? You know, Randall Tarly, Jamie Lannister, Cersei, Tywin, even Jon Snow. Like, he's like, I'm going to fucking do... Jon Snow is always like, I'm going to make this really hard and fucking hard decision like i'm gonna go to hard home john, what the fuck? john snow is like so emo i can't even he's so funny like you know what i mean like he's just like i could take this easy road and have happiness and rule and have my people but instead i'm gonna do this really hard thing it's gonna be hard and i'm gonna have a sad face the whole way but i'm gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna fucking tuck his chin down and just wade into it oh my god it's so funny i'm sorry but i do uh i do think that I think Danny knows that Lord Varys is a very valuable asset as long as he is, in fact, loyal. But, um, yeah, I, I thought this was good. I, I, I enjoyed this exchange. I think, I think Lord Varys is a, is a huge asset. Uh, if he has as much information as he says he does, as much counsel as he says he does, he has a lot of perspective on things that, that Danny has no perspective on. Uh, and that's another good thing about Tyrion. She has no idea how lords are going to react to her presence or what it's going to mean or how she's going to rule. But I have a feeling that, and I don't know about you, but I had a feeling most viewers here were like, so Danny's going to land on Westeros and just start invading. I don't think they expected 
I don't think the average viewer of Game of Thrones expected Danny to land at an empty castle and just put up a fucking chair and start planning. I think they thought she's going to land on a city and sack it. But this is also the person who like sat Marine for 10 years because she's like, I want to make sure the slaves are free. Right. It wasn't even that. Is slaves, freeing the slaves, is that not a noble endeavor? Is that <laughs> no, why you hate Miss Sandy and Greyjoy? <laughs> Greyjoy. <laughs> Greyjoy. <laughs> they both don't have dicks. So there's that. Boom. Boom. Right there. I didn't think of that shit. Just putting it out there. I'm just saying you're a racist. That's what I'm saying. I'm no, I think you're saying I don't like people with dicks. <laughs> which I guess is saying I'm sexist. But you liked Theon. I like Theon sometimes, and I fucking love Alfie Allen, which I will talk about. He's, He's a good actor. fucking fantastic. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Melisandre's arrival, unless you have anything else you want to, to get to on Varys. No, we can move on to Melisandre. I've already talked about Melisandre like 17 times in the wrong scene, so <laughs> <laughs> you, everyone else might as well catch up to where my brain is. So Varys points out that she served Stannis at one point. Then he tells Melisandre, well, it's your lucky day because we're parting those who serve the wrong king. Another dig from Danny at Lord Varys. Right. But I love that Varys is like, mm, Stannis, like that he brings him up like right away. He's mm. like, yeah, bitch, I'm on to you. Did she even say Stannis? No, did she he, didn't say a word. Did he, he say said Stannis? It. Yes. He, he said, you, I, you liked another king. And then he said, didn't work out well for Lord Stannis did it or something mm. like that. Yeah. I like how Melisandre's like, no, it didn't. She doesn't try to hide from it. <laughs> She's I kind like, of admired that. For sure, it did not work out well. And then I went to another king and it didn't work out well there because Davos got mad at me. So now I'm here. Melisandre has a, a keen ability. I, I find her, it's funny because we were all wondering, what is she going to do? What is she going to do? Well, the obvious answer is continue to follow what she believes could be the prophecy. I'm not yes. sure why we were all distracted by what will she do? Well, she's going to do what she's always done. I guess there was a moment there where we thought maybe her faith was broken, but no, it's not. It's as strong as it's ever been. And she just chalks up Stannis as a mistake, as a, as a her misinterpreting the, uh, the prince that was promised and thinking perhaps because of the, the, the language, the linguistics here, it could be Danny. I don't even think that though. I don't even think she necessarily thinks it could be Danny. I think that she thinks it's John. Mm -hmm. But in speaking in that manner to Danny, she thinks she can get Danny on board. And I, see. I, I still think she's on the John bandwagon. Mm -hmm. Remember how she like asked him if he was a virgin that one time? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I still think she's on that bandwagon, the Jon Snow bandwagon. Yeah. Just saying. Why? Is, is this his virginity have <laughs> something to do with the purity of the prophecy? No, but she was like really into him. And I just feel like. I'm trying to figure out what that virgin <laughs> comment was about, though. <laughs> Because she was asking about that stuff once, and I just feel like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you just want to say it. That's what you're no. telling me. You didn't think about what she said. You sort of fucking blurted it out. <laughs> I'm not even drunk. I'm just tired. What's wrong with me? You worked um, a couple of doubles. That'll do that to you. <laughs> um no, but like, I just, I just feel like she's still on like the Jon Snow train and then she got kicked out. So she's like, what can I do? And she's like, oh, if I bring Danny and Jon Snow together, this is the best possible scenario. So that's what she's planning to do. And I guess it has nothing to do with Jon's virginity or lack thereof, except mm -hmm. that she probably wants to bang him. Mm -hmm. Well, neither Jon nor Danny are virgins. So there's that. That is for sure true. So anyway, moving along past the virginity thing. Uh, so Melisandre, of course, does bring up Jon Snow and... I like the idea of Tyrion sticking up for Jon Snow too. here. I think that's good. I like that it shows their relationship and how... It's funny to think about how so many characters have interacted over the course of seven seasons that 
an interaction that may have seemed innocuous at the time is so important years down the line. Right, right. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's like in business when they're like, don't burn your fucking bridges. You might, you never know. It's that same idea here. <laughs> like, be careful of your interactions with somebody because you never know where you could end up in, say, five years and what that person could be deciding in the moment as it relates to your fucking ass. Right. So I like that that is, I like that we hearken back to what it, what seems to be an innocuous conversation and isn't. Uh, which, of course, we're going to do with uh, with Arya and Ned Stark, which nobody admittedly remembered. But um, I didn't even need to remember it to love everything about that. Yeah, it's good regardless. We'll but get there. We'll get there. So um, Jon Snow has more reason to hate Cersei than you do, Tyrion tells Danny, and I like that. I like that. I know that Tyrion is making a point, but I think it's a very important point for Danny to hear. Danny, because of her... I was born to rule. Hold on, she sounds like Stewie. I was born to rule the Seven Kingdoms, right? Is that how he talks? <laughs> she talks like Stewie, but um, but it's good for Tyrion to remind her that other people on Westeros that you want to conquer so dearly also hate her. So, yes. like, slow your fucking roll for and just a minute. Also, just work together through your hatred. You're like, not don't the people king bond of, over hatred. Not just that, but you're not the king of pain. Like, you don't have a monopoly on on. Oh, woe is me. Yeah, what did Cersei actually do to her? I mean, honestly. To Danny? Yeah. Well, like the whole the the realm conspired to murder her. Yeah, but Cersei personally is like busy like banging Jamie at that point. Mm, Jamie killed her father. That's that's one. That's true. And uh, you know, killed her uh, the rest of her family and uh murdered babies. Like thank you to the mountain there. So there's there's a lot of murder going on there. Sure I mean, Cersei and personally, oh yeah, she probably murdered babies and she blew up all that shit. Well, not those babies. Those but babies, babies in general. Well, that's all. Yeah, but those are common babies. Nobody cares about those babies. Nobody cares about the common babies. <laughs> I need I need a lord that cares for the common babies. Maybe that's Lord Varys. I don't know. Yeah, he cares about the realm and the common babies are in the realm. So I fight for the realm and the common babies. <laughs> <laughs> no, who cares about the common babies? Actually, Cersei does care about the common babies because she had those kids murder fucking old man Pycelle or whatever his name was. So she has to get those kids on board and you know they were common. You know, Cersei probably wasn't thinking in that moment <laughs> that she was liberating children, just smiting her fucking enemies. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny Cersei if children killed my enemy? Yeah. I doubt she was thinking, I want to liberate these beautiful little precious children with their dimples. Fuck you. She was thinking, I want to murder my fucking enemies. It's the truth. Yeah, she's evil. <clears throat> Anyways. Well, Danny's going to Cook up a letter. No, Danny's not going to. Tyrion's going to take care well, of that shit. Well, she tells him what to say uh, and bend the knee. Yeah, rude, by the way. What'd She's real as that bend to the knee shit. Like, mm. slow your roll, Danny. He's a king, too. Why don't you stand up and shake hands? Well, that's, that's well, Aegon did that. They were, they no, were. Would bend the knee? Grey Worm. In a to, sexual manner. <laughs> what the fuck? To Masande. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Me neither, really. I mean, to get a I better angle on the box munching, yeah, he could probably, yeah, probably bend a knee unless they found a good surface where he could maybe stand. Might be easier for him, but I don't think the beds are that high in Westeros. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway. All right. So let's talk about <clears throat> Danny. Like, I, I, I understand. It's funny because on the one hand, I'm saying, I'm thinking Olana's advice to her is so good, be a dragon. But on the other hand, I'm thinking, you 
you landed a dragon stone, you have your army, and now you're sending letters and telling people to bend the knee. Like, you know what's going on with Jon Snow. Tyrion told you he's a good man. You apparently don't completely trust Tyrion. You you cook up this letter about how we should meet and talk and how we're going to need, how we're going to have to attack the, how the way we're going to have to attack Westeros is is a certain way. We have to be delicate with it. If we use a foreign army, it's going to be a, a fucking nightmare, which all the shit Tyrion tells her. But then it becomes bend the knee at the end is just kind of like a fuck you to me. Not to mention it shows that she might be a little tone deaf with the North. They're not real mm-hmm. knee benders. Um, and I know like Aegon, it used to be, you know, seven kingdoms, seven kings. And then Aegon's like, fuck you, there's going to be one king and I'll make you guys wardens. And then he kicked everyone's ass and that's what happened. Except Dorne. And, um, and that's what happened. Yeah, well, Dorne is not doing so well for themselves right now, but yeah. that's a different story. It is a different story. But... Oh, except they're in this scene, so it's not too different. What do you think about Danny's uh, decision to add bend the knee at the end of this? I don't like her bend the knee part. I think that that is... It, it, and I understand that she wants to Project power. exert how powerful she is right from the start, but I think she's going about it wrong. This is someone who she has a common enemy with, and this is someone who her hand is saying, like, I have a relationship with this person. Mm-hmm. He's a good person. He hates Cersei. Like, we can work together. And she's like, that's great. I'd like to, as long as it's all about me. Right. She wants to establish a clear pecking order, I exactly. think, in, this, in these interactions, which, man, I don't know. I feel like... I don't know. I feel like what they what they should do is what she should probably do is I don't know. It's tough to say. It's a tough call. Invite him to talk and you know, feel him out before you start making demands. Not feel him up though. Yeah, that'd be weird. Your auntie. She is his aunt. Auntie's gonna give you a little tug tug. Come with me. Boop 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 boop. Not that incest is bad in these Seven Kingdoms. Mm. It's well, perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Well, anything else there? Not really. No. Let's go to Onto more the girl planning. power scene. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I showed you what would that get him? All the girl power? A sunken fleet. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> but no, who's fine? Olena Tyrell. So let's just throw that right out there. Yeah. That bitch, she's she's all set. Yeah, we'll have to talk about it. So Yara says they should attack now. They have a fleet, an army, three dragons, a city will fall in a day. Yara, probably a good call. Retrospectively, it is. Oh, oh for sure. Tyrion says that tens of thousands will die to dragon fire, and he isn't really down with that. So his concern is that we can't just turn these fuckers loose. A lot of people are going to die. Malaria comments on how he has no war for stomach. And no then he, war for stomach? No stomach for war. <laughs> and he takes a run at her for the whole Marcella thing. And then she says, wait a second. Oprah Martell is dead because of you, Tyrion. Mm. And I love Oberyn. But he's not. So... This, no, I know, but that's how she feels. I'll tell you what, this is one of those scenes where I think, God damn, war makes for strange bedfellows, you know? Yes, I do know. But I like it. It's cool. I like that. I like the idea of, of think about this. You're standing in a room with somebody who poisoned your fucking niece that you sent away. Tyrion to, has to, to feel- To Dorne, yes. Tyrion has to feel pretty shitty about this. And, and again, also in Tyrion, uh, Oberyn, Alaria's always going to have that feeling Oberyn fought- Technically for Tyrion. Mm-hmm. This circumstance would have never came to be if it wasn't for Tyrion. So she has to feel something, some anger towards him for that. That's normal. And I don't like Alaria Sand. So, you know, I'm not trying to, to give her a pass on that. No, Oberyn wanted to fight the mountain no matter what. And he would have found another way to do it if this wasn't the way. Mm-hmm. But because this was the way, there's no way for Alaria to not feel that. 
you know, it's it's partially because of you. Yeah, but and to have anger towards him. It's true, but she's being unreasonable. Like it was his decision. He wanted he wanted a shot at the mountain. He wanted to fucking get revenge, and he saw his opportunity and took it. But but if you were in her situation, or if anybody was, they would still. There's no way to get past that feeling. Yes, he would have done it no matter what in whatever circumstance. But it's so easy to feel anger towards Tyrion because he was the one who gave him that circumstance to do it. Yeah, I, and think, I think that that's human. I do and too. I hate Alaria and I think that. I, I also agree with you. I, I definitely think it's human. I'm not saying she doesn't have a gripe there. I'm just saying she strikes me as somebody who's just more unreasonable than others. That's that, all. That I agree with. As Especially saying there's no innocent Lannister. You're standing in the fucking room with one. Like show some respect. There's no innocent people anywhere in Westeros anywhere oh, at all I'm even kidding. a little tiny bit except for Hawkeye. He's all right. Sam's okay, too, I guess. Yeah, see, I mean, yeah. That's, no, he killed some people, Little right? fingers are right, I guess. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> but um, anyway, man, it's just like, yes, that's her position. Think about his position. He's a guy of who- Of course, no, I am. Put on trial, and Oberyn stood up for him. Great. Oberyn had victory, but gloated too much. It was snatched away from him, as was his fucking life. Um, technically killed the mountain, by the way who came back thanks to Kyburn's fucking voodoo. And then Tyrion, Tyrion sends Marcella away, I think in season two. It, it really puts a, it drives a real wedge between him and Cersei. Cersei's so upset about it. And what happens? While this woman is in the care of Dorne, they, they don't protect her. She's a fucking, she, she's a, a ward. She's, a, she's visiting and she's sent there, and then she dies because of this bitch that you're staying in the room with. I mean, that's rough. Right, I'm just saying it's, and, and I hate the sand stakes, and I hate Alaria, and I feel like I sound like I'm sticking up for her. No, you, but, you're but just I am making a point. Because, that's fine. because the point is, is it's so easy to just be like, fuck this bitch, but, but her feelings are also valid. I, 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 am, I have to tell you, I'm really looking forward to your open-minded, well- <laughs> Well thought out approach when we get to Miss Sandy and Grey Worm, which is coming up soon. So I'm very happy to see that you're willing to reasonably look at somebody like Ilaria Sand, who you fucking hated 10 minutes ago. And Sam Tarley, by the way. We're going to get to that. I still hate her too. No, I don't hate Sam Uh, Tarley as a human. uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm looking forward to uh, the same measured approach in a couple of scenes here. It's going to be great. So anyway... (laughs) There are no innocent Lannisters. I regret Obrindite fighting for you. Something like that. Yeah, I'm just saying, logically, if you were in that situation, you'd probably feel the same way. Like, without taking into account that she, like, murdered people and shit. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. she's a bad guy. But, you know, if you were her, you'd probably be mad at Tyrion a little, too. That's all. It's true. Um... All right, so uh, Alari says that there are no Lannisters. Dane says, I'm not going to be the queen of ashes. And Tyrion's like, really, mom? It's like, I told you to say that. Looks up at her, all doe-eyed. And Elena's like, well, that's adorable. What are you going to do, just ask the fucking lords? Like, what's your, what's your deal? Uh, Marjorie is loved, and now she is ash. They won't obey you unless they fear you, Elena says. And that's when Danny restates her point. We will not attack King's Landing. And that's when Elaine is like, well, are you going to ask nicely or what the fuck are you going to do? So that's when Danny brings up this whole encirclement strategy, which is funny because she says, we're going to encircle them and then they're not going to get supplies. So this is like old school 
sieging of castles move where you starve people out. You just cut them off right. from the world, which doesn't seem, uh, I mean, whatever. But Danny brings up the encirclement thing. T- Tyrion says the armies will be Westerosi armies to avoid Cersei appealing to the people that a foreign army is here for their homes, which is exactly what she does because Tyrion knows his fucking sister. Right. Okay? And that's when we learn Yara's going to escort you home to Sunspear, you meaning Ilaria. Yara. She's going to fucking Uber your army over. We're going to give you a group discount, right? She's going to yeah. Uber them fuckers right back to King's Landing. You're going to lay siege to the capital along with House Tyrell. Okay? Yeah. Great. And that's when Lonely says, well, you brought your own army, so what's going on? Which is what I thought at this moment. I was like, what the fuck? And that's when Tyrion gets cute and says, no, no, no. The Unsullied will attack Casterly Rock. They will sail and take it. Who's even at Casterly Rock, honestly? Nobody that we know. Why do we need the fucking Unsullied to go there? Like, just send, I don't know, send like three people over there. Be like, hey, is anyone here? Great. There's still a massive Lannister army there. I don't even know who he's seated there. Kevin? No, he's dead. He got blown up. Oh, yeah, shit. I forgot about that. Whoops. Kevin was blown up by the wildfire. I forgot that literally everyone is dead. Yeah. Sometimes I forget that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I feel like this is a terrible plan overall. It, well, of course, retrospectively, it's a terrible plan because the fleet gets but, sunk. But not retrospectively. Like, why are you spreading out your army when you have one big army? Why don't you use your whole big army? I like your style. Just saying. Hitler could have learned not from you. All, yeah. <laughs> then it's not all foreigners. It's like Westerosi and foreigners coming together for the greater good. Just like the time the wildlings and the nor- the southerners from you know, south of the wall came together to fight for the greater good. And then dear sweet, sweet, innocent Ollie stabbed that terrible Lord Jon Snow. Yeah, he is a shitbag and he's dead and I'm happy about that. And I know that he's a child, but he's not an innocent child. <laughs> so um, I think we beat that horse enough. I'll leave it alone. What, that he's not an innocent child? Dear sweet, innocent Ollie, the angel. He was the worst. Uh, yeah, well... So, Cashley Rock is important because it's the seat of power, but we've never actually seen Cashley Rock, I don't think. I don't know. I mean, it's not, people in the chat are about to list like 10 times we've seen Cashley yeah, Rock because every time we're like, this has never happened. They're like, yeah, here's They're like episodes times, 1, idiots. 23, 14, and 6, assholes. <laughs> Meh. That's what they say. Something like that. That's why I just <clears> tell them to tell me things so I can be smart. Well, I kind of feel like if you just fall on King's Landing and crush it and get rid of Cersei... Yeah, I think you're going to be fine. Yeah. Because then you're the king, queen. Cersei blew up the Sept of Baelor. Are, are we to believe that she has the people's support? No, no one's into her. That's what we keep saying. So the longer Cersei, Cersei, the longer Danny waits, the, long, the the more she can rally support for the common people against Cersei, against Danny. Like that's... Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Like exactly. you should attack fresh on the heels of blowing up hundreds of innocent people. That'd be the good time to oust the shitty... Queen. Yeah, then people would be like, this is cool. Like, this lady didn't blow up people. That's what they'd say. She seems all right. I mean, she had those dragons and she mm-hmm. burned a bunch of those to a crest. Maybe she should like <laughs> hold off on the dragons. Keep them home. Um, yeah, just until like they got shit in order. And then like if worse comes to worse and you got to go back on it, then you're like, all right, I'll grab the dragons. But I mean, if you don't need to. Castle Rock's probably not expecting a, a, a triumvirate of dragons. Yeah, why don't the dragons just go to Casterly Rock and you know, just on their own and take just care of that shit. And, and then everybody else goes to King's Landing. Yes, they could They could do it. Sail up through the Blackwater. 
seems like reasonable to me. I'm just saying. But no, what they're going to do is they're going to go pick up an army with boats, put a bunch of people on boats, sail them back, and with the Tyrells who are already on Westeros, march on King's Landing together because a foreign army would be too much for these people. people off. Too much. Which is bad form mm-hmm. on those people. Right. But what here's where I will give Tyrion some credit. The Tyrells were, a lot of the Tyrells were murdered in that explosion. So True. if a Tyrell army shows up at King's Landing, some of those people that might not be supporting Cersei will easily turn to the Tyrells. Yeah, like Randall Tarley. Mm. He, I think he must have banged on a Tyrell or something. Back he in was the day? really, I mean. Yeah, she did some work I mean, we'll back get in the there, day. but that is the impression that I got. Like, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Misha Pichu says you can't hold territory dragons. Yeah, of course. But I'm just saying, surprise no, attack. everybody. Burn up them fuckers. <laughs> Throw two men there with swords. Like, you're two men that mean the least to you. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, dragons for sure are good, uh, good on the water, too. Damn. Yeah, burn they up some burn boats. <clears throat> Valid point. Um, well, anyway, let's, uh, let's move it. Let's, let's, let's move along, shall we? Danny and Olena. Shall we talk about that? Yeah, I love Olena Tyrell. Mm. Oh, one quick note. I love when Tyrion knocks the piece over and everyone's like, damn, this boy's going to kill his whole family. His people. He's a Lannister. That's Alaria. She's like, I hate him. You think she hates Tyrion? Alaria? Oh, Alaria. I'm thinking <laughs> yes. Olena. I'm thinking Olena in my head. I think Olena is just like, just wants revenge and to mm. kill people. Yeah. And also she's smart and she's like, who can I give my wisdom to now? Olena's all like, sorry, you got arrested for that murder I planned on your shitty nephew, uh, uncle. Yeah, right? No shit. That's true. Well, Isn't that funny? They're all together. We're all just chilling. So any comments on the girl power aspect of this? Yeah, it's, it is. It I mean, it's, it's a cool thing that it's all women. Cool. Playing this together. Like, I mean. So Danny and Elena speak alone. Did you want to go on that some more? Or no? Good? no, that's all I have yeah. to say about it. It's whoop de doo It's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like Penny yeah. Off and Weiss are like, that's what made this scene so magical is that it was all women. Yeah, but they didn't plan it that way, they said. I yeah, but then the they said thing. it was magical, mm-hmm. basically. Well, the magic's coming with the box munching. <laughs> the penultimate female power thing coming at the end. So, um... <laughs> Danny and Elena speak alone. Danny says... Uh, Danny's tone changes with Elena right away. Yeah, she knows. She's smart. Because Danny doesn't have this figure in her life at all. This mother-like a figure. mother figure? I wish Elena Tyrell would adopt me. That would be like a dream come true. But do you know what I'm saying? Did, yes. did you notice how her tone changed? Yep, changed? Absolutely. Yeah. And she explains that they never had lasting peace here. So whatever you're thinking, whatever this fucking peace rhetoric is you're chanting about is is a fiction. It's not yes. real. It doesn't last. Yes. No one will bring peace. But she does offer advice. Um Elena's not totally down with Tyrion just yet. She says Tyrion is clever. I've known many clever men and I've outlived them all. Do you know why? I ignore them. Girl power. Again, she was right, and the men were wrong. So there you go. <clears throat> just gonna throw that right out there. So um, we'll get to that. The part where um, Euron and his men crush all those chicks on the boat. Yeah, they do. I'm not really laughing. I'm just being a jerk. So anyway, the lords of Westeros are sheep. You're a dragon. Be a dragon. That's great advice. Uh, yeah. So in other words. You took your army all the way across this fucking ocean. You have this whole army of people, their dicks cut off. They're loyal to you. They can fight. They've been trained. 
They know what's going on. You got Dothraki, legendary fighters. You got all these guys here and three fucking dragons. What are you doing? You're going to sail to Dorne and pick up an army? Go be a dragon. That's what yeah, she's saying. That's right. She's essentially expressing probably what everyone feels watching the show. Yeah. I'm on Team Olanda Tyrell. I want to do what she wants to do. Yeah. All right. Unsullied no more. And talk about this? I know you're dying to. If we must. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, so let me see if I can summarize what you're going to say. Don't like these characters. Don't care. Waste of time. I mean, I don't not like them. They're all right. I don't care. They're all right. I mean, I, I have nothing Look against at me. them. Uh, they're all right. They've never done anything <laughs> wrong to me. You know, they haven't wronged me. As long as they um, don't go to your schools and I play with your kids. Oh, my God. I see what this is. Let's just think about it. Mm-hmm. This, we have eight seasons of Game of Thrones. I feel like this is what I said when I was like podcasting with the leftovers. How, hold we on. only have X amount of okay, episodes How long left. have these two characters been in the show? I don't care. And they have names. I don't care. Okay. They, they are two characters that are on the show that have names. In this episode, we spent 10 minutes so that they could like bang. 10 minutes? Are you sure? I don't know how many minutes it was. But you know what we could Probably have done? Probably felt like all night to Miss <laughs> Sandy. No, I mean. But no one else we could have done? No else we could have done? We could have seen other things that were important and mattered to the plot of the mm-hmm. movie. Because there is... Why doesn't... Well, show. does every subplot have to drive the through line? So that's a fundamental no, question. but I have to care about it. I don't uh-huh, care Okay, it. that's all I wanted to get to. Too much time. The heart of your problem. You. This is literally what could happen. Masani could have been in, like, Grey Worm, you're leaving, you're not going to say goodbye to me. And Grey Worm would have said, like, oh, Masande, I was never scared, but now I'm scared. And she could have been like, don't be scared. And then kissed him and started to open her shirt. And if you want the boobs, get the boobs and like move on. That was three minutes. Not even three minutes. That was 60 seconds. So, well, okay. Now you're fucked. What? Just so your problem, your problem was with the sex scene? No, my problem was that it lasted too long. I don't care about the sex scene. It's Game of Thrones. They got, yeah. Except but they why was there so much time on the sex scene? I don't care. Because they got to build that shit, man. It's hard for him to say what he's trying to say. So here's what I think. Do I love Miss Sandy and Grey Worm? Not exactly. But they've been with us for a long time. I think, I, I apologize. I'm, I've been shitty. I don't remember Olena Tyrell's fucking name, the actress. I don't remember Lord Varys, the actor's name. And I don't remember Miss Sandy, the actor's name, actress's name. So I'm sorry. But, but she's very she's, pretty. She's beautiful. So what does it mean we get to see her boobs? Okay, fine. But she's also really good in this scene. I like, and so is Grey Worm. I, like, I think... I think there is something here that I really appreciate, and that's this. If I think about where these two people have come from, against the odds, being sold into slavery, being liberated, having swearing allegiance to a new white lady, you know, and then really finding something in each other in this shared experience and expressing this. I don't, I don't hate this. I think it's nice. It's not, you know, is it necessary? You know, so many people say, is this necessary? Do we need to spend time on this? It's so impossible to say that unless you know what is going to be in each episode and how it ends. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, was there something else they could have done to make a season better? I guess. But sometimes I think in the second episode, even though there's only a few left, it's hard to say whether this is going to matter or not. I think, 
I think they're setting us up for a major heartbreak oh, when yeah. one of these characters dies. Which is the only good part about this for me. Right. Because that the, Grey Worm is 100% dead. I guess, but that's so easily called. Maybe he does die. Maybe Miss Sandy dies protecting Danny. Who the fuck knows? We don't know. Mm, no. But, but anyway, my point is, we're building this up, and they finally were able to express their love in whatever way they could, and then he munched your box. I mean, that's fine. It's beautiful, no? Oh my God! Am Couldn't I winning we have you shown over? Love between I... other characters that I care more about. Oh God! Other characters with the right skin color, Jessica. Oh my God! I'm just teasing you. I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. You're not really racist. I just, and also, someone said something about Grey Room having like camel toe. Yes, I wanted to comment on that. His outfit in this scene is literally the worst outfit I have seen in the entirety of Game of Thrones. And you know what? The entirety of Game of Thrones. I don't yeah? pay attention to outfits. Have you seen Mace Tyrell dress? <laughs> oh, valid point. Touche. Second worst outfit I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I, I am not a girly girl that knows anything about fashion or outfits that are proper. Or, but what I do or, know, or love and tender affection between two <laughs> characters. <laughs> but what I do know is that Grey Worm's outfit was awful. Mm. It was disgusting yeah and tyler spock says they should have shown us that he didn't have a dick i'm glad that they didn't that was my worst fear that they were going to show that with theon it was going to make me uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. i was scared they were going to do that again and it was going to make me uncomfortable i feel fairly certain they they filmed the scene he was like get on top of her in a certain way to be like hey you'd see a dick here if there was one and that's how i feel about it Hmm. interesting i don't want to see him with come on you guys don't really want to see that yeah Chat really wants to see it. I, I will admit that 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 idea, unfortunately, the idea of the, the the curiosity of him having or not having something there, of course, is going to permeate the scene. That's just human nature. But I think the point is, despite all of the things, all of the adversity they have, but despite the adversity of 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 his his physical maiming. They can still express love physically to one another, yeah. and I think there's something nice about that. I think it's kind of beautiful, and and I know it sounds so corny, but it kind of is to see where these characters were and where they are now. It's lovely and sweet, and if in season no season wow, four is, season, is it? If in season look five they had been like, hey, look, these two found love in season five, I'd have been like, that's sweet. Now I'm you like, lie. oh, waste of time. Don't actually care. I don't believe even you. all at all. Sorry, bye. Um. Except 100% Grey Worm is going to die, and I'm really excited about that because of my Deadpool situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's going to be sad. You have Masandi, though, don't you? No. Oh, you're a loss. She's probably going to die, too. They're probably both going to die. A lover's embrace of sorts. That would be fantastic. Wow. Do you have them both? No. Maybe I do have Masandi. Are you just being cruel? No, I have Masandi last season, I think. (laughs) Like, what's what's your point there? You're like, Oh, it would be cool if they died in a sweet lover's embrace. Why? <laughs> are they both in your Deadpool? No. You are a black-hearted evil woman. I'm trying to be romantic. You're a Cersei. Do you understand this? You are. I'm romantic. Like, I was going to be really romantic as they lay dying near one another. Listen, there are very few romance. Let's think about romance on Game of Thrones. Like, I don't want to watch this romance. I'm sorry. A Grit and Jon Snow. That's the only one that matters. Sam and Gilly. There's one romance. Oh, my. There's one. There's two romances that mattered in this show: Egret and Jon Snow, and Jorah and, and Danny. Oh my god, you're <laughs> such a lame ass! <laughs> now you're just trolling. Okay, 
So they apparently uh, Grey Worm's new name is Colonel Angus. My um my notes on this scene just say Masande goes to say bye to Grey Worm. He talks about being scared because he loves her. They bang, sort of. I am over this. Yawn. Sorry, listeners. He munched your box. I started it was on- glorious. I started online shopping at this point. I was like, I can't watch this anymore. Mm. You're fucked up in the head a little bit. Look at me. A little bit. Don't love them. But you know what? When if Jorah and Danny kiss on the mouth, oh, I'll Jesus. be really on board. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of that nonsense. Winterfell? Certainly. Let us go there. Speaking of the one person who ever truly showed love, John and Egret. Oh boy. And they're engaged in real life, by I the think, way. I, th- I don't think you can doubt Miss Sandy and Grey Worm's love. I don't think that's in question. You're just, you just don't like it. I just am bored by it. And I think there's like more important things we could be showing. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, moving along. Like where's Gendry? Gendry. I remember how to pronounce his name. Where's he? We don't have time for him. We have time for Masani and Grey Worm to bang. Do you for think, like five minutes? Do you think, I mean, the Unsullied must talk about like, you know, pleasing women, right? They might just kind of be like, they were getting prostitutes that time. Oh yeah, that's right. But that so guy he just must wanted to learned. snuggle. He, yeah, and then he goes throat cut. See that shit got him? Snuggling? Love. She's like, you don't eat my box, I cut your throat. Yeah, that's true. Valid point. I don't care if you are dickless. You will lick this pussy. Or not. <laughs> I guess it's something like that. No, but um, yeah, they must have, he must have been, you know, a gray worm's chilling at the campfire. He says, hey bro, to one of his guys. <laughs> he goes, hey bro. I am unsullied and I know. Look at me, bro. I know that you see many women, but only one woman for me, bro. Miss Sandy. They point, they all laugh. <laughs> you are unsullied, man. You're never going to get her. I don't know why he's talking Jamaican. And then, she, and then they all are like, he's like, but if I do, what should I do? And he's like, I'll show you on this piece of fruit that you do. <laughs> Is that what dudes do? That's what he had to do. How is he going to know? You think he's got a fucking copy of Westerosian jugs? I, I was you wondering if that's how you learned how to like <laughs> do anything. You talk to yeah, your bros? Me? And you me, licked at fruit? Yes. <laughs> I sat around with my dickless friends and we licked fruit together. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I need to refill my wine real soon. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, let's move on, shall we? I'm glad that we've gotten through one location in an hour thanks to Masandi and Grey Worm. It was, you know, it deserves... Again, wasted time. How dare you? We have all the time in the world. It says uh, you doesn't have to work at 7.30 in the morning. It's true. John Davos and Sansa mulling over their message from Daenerys Stormborn. It's from Tyrion, actually. Yes, mulling over the message from Tyrion. <laughs> you, you, you fucking... You with the technicalities. <laughs> it's from the Daenerys camp. Okay? But it's literally from Tyrion, and that's important. It's... Not literally from Tyrion. It's literally from the raven that flew it there. Okay. Well, the raven didn't write it. How do you know? And ravens be clever. Right. I know about that poem. Anyway, you know the poem. The one with the guy, the heroin guy. He's dead from Massachusetts. Poe. How's his name? Does the raven write the poem? Poe, the heroin guy from Massachusetts. I don't know. Can we go on? Please, Sansa. I don't know if we can move past that. But Sansa maybe. says that Tyrion is not like the other Lannisters. But she still cautions it's risky. I mean, remember the Red Wedding, right? Right. Um, and I have to point out in the scene, I like that Sansa's like, oh, is it really from Tyrion? John's like, yeah, it is, because he called back to something he said to me. And, you know, I, I like that. 
I like that Tyrion repeats this thing about dwarves are all bastards and how he related to John in that manner and how he brought it up again so John would know, like, hey, this is like a legit thing. Mm-hmm. Just saying, I like that part. Uh, what about Davos bringing up that point? What point? Dragons can kill whites. Oh, yeah. That's huge. Very important, I think. Um, and th- that's Davos's immediate thought. All that dragon fire. Davos also wonders if they have enough men to fight the Night King. Should he move south of the wall? They don't. They 100% sure. don't. John knows this for sure. John has seen this. Go back and watch Hard Home. Okay, sounds like fun. It's important to go back and watch Hard Home and then realize John's perspective because it's easy to forget it when people are making good points. And they are making good points, all of them. Sansa, Davos, and John all have good ideas. Um, so John gets a raven from uh, the Citadel. He begins uh, and he brings it to the council, whatever this council is called. Oh my God. Okay, this is this is where maybe... They should have huddled up, right? This is what I am saying. This, this is, is, is what I said you, in the last episode. It's the first thing you said when the when the fucking argument started. You're like, uh, why do John and Sansa and Davos not meet beforehand and discuss this shit? <laughs> I don't understand. Does, it's so does true. John like to fight with Sansa in front of everybody? Does do, why did John not say, "Hey, Sansa, gonna call a meeting. Let's just huddle up first, and I'm gonna mm. go over all this information so you're not surprised." As you sit at the fucking head table. Oh, no, 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 no. He's like, you know what would be funny? It would be real funny. <laughs> if I pull another fast one on Sansa and I don't tell her what I want to tell her. And then I see how she reacts and how upset she gets. Let's do that. Okay. Fucking right. Andre in the chat says John just audibles all day. <laughs> <laughs> fucking blue 42. <laughs> hut, hut. <laughs> That's so funny. He so does audibles, right? <laughs> They go in. The receiver's like, what the fuck? I don't know this route. What the fuck? Another interception. <laughs> That's so good, Andrea. Yeah, this is like five minutes ago. We <laughs> talked about something completely different. Oh, my God. Oh, that's good. Oh, so Lord. I have a thought process here. Okay. <laughs> um, and, I've, and I've witnessed this in leadership once upon a time when I was in corporate leadership. And it's this. Fancy pants. <laughs> Well, it's not that fancy. It's just humans being humans. Sometimes people don't have the confidence to intellectually discuss something one-on-one, but they know they can rabble-rouse. So what they do is they go into the fucking meeting and they call an audible because they know they can convince the group of dummies, but not the smarter person that you were talking to privately. I'm not saying John's that smart, (laughs) But John might be like, if I sit down and talk to Sansa about this, she might convince me otherwise. So I'm just going to fucking call an audible and get everyone to whoop and holler. This makes me think of, I've recently been rewatching The Office because I uh, read Mindy Kaling's uh, memoir. And it it makes me think of Michael Scott's form of leadership. (laughs) This is what Michael Scott would do. He would go into a meeting and say something ridiculous without discussing with anybody. And people would be like, what the fuck is happening right now? That is literally what Jon Snow is doing. I love him. You're saying Jon Snow is the Michael Scott of Kings? <laughs> if, Jesus if, Christ. If Winterfell was the office, <laughs> Jon Snow would be Michael Scott. Damn. That's dark. It's true. <clears throat> well, so yeah, that's kind of what happens. She's like, well, he's like, well, I'm just going to kind of do this. But uh, proof the dragon tone sits on a mountain of dragon gloss. What does it matter? Why um, is he Scottish or know. Irish or he something? He produces the other note from Dragonstone from Tyrion Lannister. Ooh, home, rumble, rumble, rumble. Everyone's like, oh, Lannister. The hand of the queen. Oh, rumble, rumble. 
she intends to take the throne from Cersei. She has a powerful army. And if the message is real, she also has three dragons, laddies. <laughs> I've been invited to meet her and I can't accept it, he says. I'm sorry, I was laughing at the chat. Okay. <clears throat> Andre Ramos says Johnson would join a pyramid scheme and not realize. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Multi-level marketing, he'd call it. <laughs> Just hope you, but if you send me your $10, then you get $100, I swear. He's like, no, 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 check this out, right? You get five other people to sell this fucking mascara, and we'll be rich. It's crazy. It's going to work. I swear to God, it always does. <laughs> <laughs> it, look, it's a lipstick that doesn't come off your lips. Sell it for $60 to women. It's going to be fine. There you go. But um, anyway... Uh, I've been invited to meet with her. I'm going to accept more rumbles. We need the dragon glass. We need it to mine. We need to mine it and turn it into weapons. We need allies. The Night's King army grows stronger and larger. We don't have the numbers to defeat them on our own. For a second, I just thought you were doing Jorah's voice. No, he's quieter and softer. Um, this he's is how darker. I know that John's idea is a bad idea. You ready? I think it's a good idea. Liana Mormont is not on board. Yeah, well, you know what? If Liana Mormont is not on board, neither am I. Um, she needs to chill. Hashtag bit. go bear island. I feel like she needs to chill just a touch. No. Because for sure Never. you're still only 12 and I'll punch you in the face. She is. <laughs> why are we misreading children all night? But I'm saying not me personally. I'm just saying that's what the other lords in the north are saying. Someone said that your impersonations are the worst. Miso, Misho Picho. <laughs> yeah, they are. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. All right. We got to get back on track. I'm glad Misho Picho is here to tell us that. Um, that actually helps me. Does it help you? Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, moving along. Yeah. We need to buy the dragon glass. The Night's King army grows larger and larger. Um, and that's, he, he just says, I, I need to persuade her to fight with us. Hold on. I think I got John's home down. I need to persuade her to fight with us. That's not even. What, I'm what are you watching? Brainstone, I am. Oh my god! That's the best impersonation on the internet of Johnson. Of John Snow. It's actually the worst um, impersonation <laughs> of my life I've ever heard. <laughs> so Sansa brings up the Mad King's invitation to their grandfather. Of course, this is not an invitation; it's a trap. Sansa jumps right on board of this. This is a bad idea. It could be a trap. Look what the Mad King did. Look at the Red Wedding. Look at all this shit. Use your head. You're going to get yourself fucking killed. What do you think of that? I think that these things are all valid points. This is, I don't know. I feel like John did not put thought into this or discussion of any sort. He just was like, thing, doing it now. Mm -hmm. I think John thought about it a lot. But why didn't he talk to any of his friends? And ask we already for discussed that. Why? Ugh, <laughs> I just can't move on from it. He didn't it. want to discuss it, I don't think, personally. He just wanted to go. I think he just wanted to go. I think He's like, in that his heart, is real pretty. I think in his heart, he knows it's the right move and he doesn't want to have a discussion about it. I think he knows he needs Danny and the dragons to fight the Night King and that that's the most important thing to him. It and is 100%. And he, we've established this in the first two episodes already. Yes. 100%. This is, this is paramount. This is the part I hate about John. And when I say he's like emo and stuff and I get mad. And he's like, I didn't want to be king. I didn't ask for this. Yeah, don't say that in front I of all your lords. I legit hate that shit. Every time he starts that, it makes me think of a fucking teenager who's like, well, I didn't want this life, okay? I didn't want to have to be in the math club. I didn't want to have divorced parents, okay? And right. younger siblings. 
Come on. Yeah, it's true. Jon Snow, get your shit together. Davos should be like, listen, I probably wouldn't say you don't want to be <laughs> king in front of all the lords of the north because you can't. you're not. I mean, he follows it up by saying, I'll fight for you in a, with a Scottish accent. I and, don't uh, want that anymore. No, all bad accents all night now. Now you guys just asked for <laughs> Julia it. Julia Ronson it. in the chat. He didn't ask to be born. <laughs> Literally. Just a happy accident. God. <laughs> This is fucking ridiculous. I imagine I don't watch that show that you watch that F for Family show, but you know, like the older brother with like the long hair. I imagine yeah. he says things like yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. I've only watched one episode <laughs> of that show ever. <laughs> That's a great show. Oh, shit. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. John, uh, Jan Royce. Yeah, who's I hope is going to die because you've seen him a lot. Two lines in two episodes. Definitely death coming. I say you don't trust anyone. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that was how he talks. That was Basically. a good impression. Hey, don't trust anybody. That, <laughs> that, that's how Mace Tyrell used to talk. Give me some ring dings. But now that he's dead, that's how Jan Royce talks. Mm, it's true. Well, we've already established my range here. Good work. Uh, so nobody agrees, right? John says, yep. y'all call me king, all this bullshit. The North is my home. I'll never stop fighting for it. The odds are against us. None of you have seen the army of the dead. We can never hope to defeat them alone. We need allies, powerful allies. It's a risk, but I have to take it. Sansa's like, you're abandoning the North. You should send an emissary. John says, that won't work for a queen. It probably would have worked. It probably wouldn't work for Daenerys. And I think John knows this. Can you imagine some jabroni shows up? She's like, you're not Jon Snow. Like, that would be a huge, in her mind, Miss, I was born to rule the Seven Kingdoms. A huge insult. They're both a little emo. Well, Danny like, and John. Well, you know. Like aunt, like nephew. <laughs> Is that how the saying goes? <laughs> oh, shit. That's fucked up. It's this whole slaughtered parents thing. Oh, my God. Well, he leaves uh, Winterfell in Sansa's hands, and in that moment, Peter fills his small clothes with baby batter. Okay. No, first of all, before this, again, when I say, like, why does John not meet with people beforehand? He's like, gonna leave. By the way, Sansa, you're fucking in charge now with no discussion beforehand. Mm-hmm. When I watched the episode, I feel like I literally said out loud, like, as it cuts the little finger, I'm like, he has a boner right now. And then Stephen Holloway <laughs> wrote this in, in the Facebook group. Watch this with subtitles. When Sansa got past the icy crown, little finger comes his pants, flashed <laughs> up on my telly and block capitals. And I... In brackets. I honest to God oh, laughed shit. out loud because that's actually... I feel like that is the direction that they gave... Um, I can't think of the actor's name. I want to call him Mayor Carcetti, but that's not his name as an actor. We are so bad at the actors that's another, this week. That's another character he played in something else. <laughs> Anyways, Yeesh. that I feel like is the instructions that he got. Yeah. Uh, listen. Psh, hey, come here. Take. Hold on. Psh. Hey, listen. Come over here. Yeah? Yeah? Be more sexual Listen, about it. I want you to pretend you're coming in your pants, okay? <laughs> and, and just kind of look over and just kind of do that. Right. Check. Got it. But um no I yeah that's hilarious by the way who who was it that said that Stephen Holloway I thought so shout who, out to Stephen I always Holloway. think um is what's that guy in Stranger Things who I hate all the time that's Steve a, what I always whenever I see Steve Holloway I, oh Steve Harrington whenever I see Steve Holloway's name I think about Steve Harrington so I picture him in my head as Steve Harrington from Stranger Things so Steve Holloway I don't know what you look like but in my brain you look like Steve Harrington so you're like 16 years old which is actually inappropriate. So he leaves Winterfell in Sansa's hands. Aiden Gillen is his name in real life. Okay. Um, and uh, 
And then he takes a little trip to the crypts of Winterfell. And uh, Littlefinger's like, I'm going to go see you. It'd be weird. And he yammers on about, I've loved every woman for every generation of fucking the Stark line. And, <laughs> and when there's another one, I'll love her too. And they strangle me and stab me. And, but I just keep going because I don't know, know what no means. <laughs> Come on, the fuck, man. They duel me and slice my belly open and strangle me and punch me, but wow. I keep going. It's dark. <clears throat> I did. He dueled and got stabbed. But anyway, loved- <laughs> so John, uh, yeah, he's like, you don't belong down here. This is my place. I'm emo. Uh, I, but I, I hate how he's all like, oh, Ned Stark, I was sad he died and all. And it's like, no, you weren't sad he died. Stop it. And everyone knows that I love Littlefinger, and this is what I wrote in my notes, or I used to love him. I said, Littlefinger acts all sad about Ned's death. I roll my eyes. In all caps, I wrote, no longer my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. These, um, these, these Stark ladies must have something, something going on. Some kind of trick only the women of the North know about. Know what I mean? No. A little tricky trick? No. Because <laughs> he is balls deep. Well, not really. He wants to be. <laughs> he wishes. He wishes. Um, yeah, something, but never. Poor little finger. Yeah. All he wants to do is like bang a Stark. Oh, I and love run Catelyn. His brothel. Oh, one time I banged Catelyn's sister because, and then I threw her out of a moon door. Oh, I really want to bang Sansa, but she's not into me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, come on, get your shit together. There's other women in the world. You're gonna be fine. I don't think he's gonna be fine. But um, what do you think of this exchange between him and John? I think that this is. I love Sansa as I love your mother. You creep. Yeah, that's gross. I wrote something pretty. I don't remember what I wrote, but it was gross. Um. Oh, I wrote, Littlefinger says, hey, I saved your ass, so respect, bro. I love your sister and your mom and want to bang them both. <laughs> that was my interpretation. That's what he said. That's right? the subtext there. <laughs> um, th- This was on point as Littlefinger wanted to talk to John the way he talks to everybody, this manipulative manner that he's so good at. And John's mm-hmm. like, I fucking am not falling for your shit, mm-hmm. which I liked from John. And that's when Littlefinger pulls out the, I saved your life. Yeah. I saved your ass, so respect, bro. Mm. That's what he said. That's yeah. what I wrote in, in quotes. So that's how I know that's what he said. Do you think? Do you think Sansa could have convinced Jon Royce to commit the armies of the Vale? Yeah, probably. I don't know. She's pretty. He's dumb. He doesn't know anything. Um, he did save his life and hers, for that matter. Littlefinger did save everybody. This is true. This is true. We can't deny that fact. Yeah, he's weird because his motivations are not publicly stated like Lord Varys's are. Varys is like, I serve the realm. Littlefinger says, I serve Littlefinger. Yeah, he's tough to read. Yeah, he serves himself. But anyway, touch my sister and I'll kill you. And uh, then John heads off with Davos in a small retinue of knights. And, and Sansa's uh, like, bye, John. And Littlefinger's like, still have a power boner. Yeah. Um, let's speculate on this. What do you think about this? Do you think this is a mistake to leave this in? Sansa's hands. Do you think Sansa can handle this? Do you think Littlefinger, you know, with his power fucking boner through his small clothes, is going to be a problem here? I mean, do you think what do you do you who has the upper hand in the Sansa Littlefinger tango? I, I mean, I think I feel like Sansa thinks that she does, but I don't know. I'm I'm the other way. I feel I'm like worried. he thinks he does, but but I think he thinks he does, but I think she does. I hope so. I, I still feel like, and I think I said this in the beginning of this, or at least in the preview up. I feel like he will allow himself to be ruined by her because he's going to miscalculate something with her. I think if anything is going to be his downfall, that would certainly be 
a logical choice. Yeah, for sure, right? It would make sense. It would fit with his character. It would be a good, you know, story Outside arc. of, and, and I think I said this on Facebook, outside of her directly threatening his life, because I think he's a survivor, I think that she is going to come out on top in this. But who knows? There could be some nobility in Littlefinger we're not seeing. Maybe he makes some kind of great sacrifice for Sansa in the North. I don't know. Time will tell. And then I'll be like, I love Littlefinger. He's my favorite the whole time. <laughs> At least you admit it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's go to King's Landing. Uh, if the Mad King's daughter takes the throne, she will destroy the realm as we know it. So Cersei's starting her smear campaign. <clears throat> Smart move by Cersei. She addresses uh, essentially House Tyrell, uh, House Tyrell and, and the bannermen of House Tyrell, which of course, one of them being Tarly. Yeah, I remember that guy, that bro. That guy, yep. He was not too kind to Sam, let us not he forget. Said, don't eat no more bread. But besides that, he said, I'm going to kill you unless you go join the Night's Watch. <laughs> so, like, what's worse? Kill you, don't join the Night's Watch, don't have more bread. It's a toss-up. It dep- nowadays, people would say, oh, the fat shaming was so terrible. That's so much worse than him saying he's going to kill him. But I'm yeah, not go that bad will stay with him forever. <laughs> the fact <laughs> they that kill him, he's just dead, guys. <laughs> That's so fucking right. I love it. So anyway, Cersei uh, talks about the uh, un- the heathens, the Dothraki heathens, the unsullied, um, the shores. Uh, remember the Mad King. His daughter is no different. I will protect the people, but I need your help. We must stand together, all of us. And that's when Randall Tarley says she has three full-grown dragons. How do you suppose we stop them? Wait, who, Samuel Tarley said that? No, Randall Tarley. Oh, I said Samuel Tarley. He, I probably did. He just <laughs> said, oh my. Kyburn uh, uh, says, well, I like how Randall's like, um, what are we going to do? And Cersei looks to Kyburn like, holy shit, you're on the spot. Hey, do you not answer this question, asshole? And that's when Kyburn speaks up and he says, well, we do have a solution maybe here. It's a secret. But um, what do you think of uh, Cersei's rhetoric? Smart move, yeah? I think the way she's speaking is smart, but I think that she still doesn't have enough people to do anything. Yeah. And Randall Tarly is not even on board with this because he banged Elena Tyrell at some point 100% because he's like, you know, Jamie, I have a special relationship with Elena Tyrell, so I don't know if I can go against her. And yes, his son's name is Dickon. I feel like we talked about this during the dinner scene. Like mm. Dickon. People in the chat want us to talk about that being his name. Well, it's his name. <laughs> My mom sure to say. All right. Coming at you with a hot with, take. With a highbrow humor. <laughs> Randall Tarley. Oh God. I yeah, kinda, he's a jerk. He was pretty mean to Sam. He's just mean in general. But anyway, Jamie and, and Randall talk. So this kind of breaks up. She does her thing. Jamie's like, let me talk to you. Mono and mono. Let's get this out here. Okay, he bribes him with power. He just bluntly asks him, what, what side are you going to fight for? He also flatters his ego a bit, mentioning how he defeated Robert, the only person to ever defeat Robert in battle, which of course was the Battle of Ashford, mm. which was on his way to siege, which, which, which he was on his way to help siege Dragonstone, I believe. And he, and he, he defeated Robert at the Battle of Ashford. It wasn't, I don't think it was too devastating militarily. Robert just had to retreat because he got beat up pretty good. Yeah. Um, Mace Tyrell took credit for that fight, by the way. As, well, he's such a douche. Good I thing he got blown up. Good thing. <laughs> and then, and then, 
fiery justices of... Uh, anyway. Serves you right, Mace Tyrell. Mm. Just kidding, that was mean. But Jamie bluntly asks what side he's going to fight for, and they kind of go over this whole thing. Jamie asks him, I need a ranking general, and I want you to destroy all of Cersei's enemies. Um, and that's when his old flame comes up. Olena Tyrell, he gets that spark in his eye, right? Olena, you say? Olena? I can't go against her. Mm. That one time... But um, I'm a Tarly. That name means something. We are not oath breakers. We're oh, not it does? schemers. We don't stab our rivals in the back. Or cut their throats at weddings. And then Jamie's like, you want to be warden of the South or whatever the fuck We just does? tell us fat sons will murder them unless they join the Night's Watch. And also they can't have bread, guys. Don't <laughs> we, forget about the bread. We are, we are so honorable by telling our sons we'll pretend they fell off a horse and died. Damn. Yeah. Um... Big time honorable. Yeah, but then Jamie's like, oh yeah, I know you like love Olena Tyrell and you banged once, and but you probably never will again. So what if I give you a bunch of power? Then what side do you want to fight for? Mm. And Randall's like, hmm, tell me more. <laughs> and I like how, <laughs> I like when Jamie's like, oh, uh, yeah, you must be Rickon. He's like, Dickon. <laughs> like, I feel like they're drawing Why is that us. so funny? Because <laughs> we're fucking children? But I feel like the show made it a joke like on purpose like to be like really lowbrow <laughs> over in the corner gray arms like i don't get joke <laughs> that's fresh <laughs> tell me about this box munching <laughs> dick so, on to you <laughs> i don't wow. know i got it. no so anyway uh J- <laughs> that's so fucked yeah this has been a terribly like inappropriate podcast yeah well i hope i don't know yeah, one of my family ever listens to. <laughs> Too late. So, um, you swore an oath to the crown as well, Lord Tally. Jamie admits that Elena was great once, but now she's broken. Yeah, she wants revenge so badly that she's brought Dothraki to our shores for the first time in history. This definitely gets Tarly's attention. Yeah, he's like, "Fuck those Dothraki," because he's so old school. He's racist. He's against that Dothraki. kill your weeks on old school. You know? Oh yeah. Uh, I know you don't like my sister. I so okay. This is where Jamie has this self-awareness that I appreciate. He's not so blinded. He knows Cersei. This is another indication. I understand how she is, guys. Trust me. I fucking live with her. And I fucked her. (laughs) I I live with her. (laughs) I get it. You don't have to tell me, pal. She's a little kind of fucking crazy. I get it. Okay? She throws things a lot. I feel like this is what Dean says about me to other people. Wow. (laughs) Oh, I get it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I don't. I know you don't like her, but you have to make a choice. Do you fight with us? When the war is won, we will need a new warden of the South. Bing, 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 bing. And Randall's like, hmm, mm. this sounds like a good job for me. Yes, I'm a bald white man. Power sounds good. He's like got the meanest, evilest looking face, which is like why I like the casting. Like if you I just like, look at yeah, him, you're like, yeah. you old curmudgeon. Like you are a mean man. <laughs> like you would never go to him and be like, grandpa, tell me a bedtime story. You'd be like, holy fuck. I hope grandpa doesn't come for Christmas this year. Yeah. And like, his house, all this X's on all the pictures of Sam. Dude, he's, yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Like, you know, hearts around dick on. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. But, this, is, this is terrible. Here's what I will say. Lord Tarly is a great commander. Uh, Robert Baratheon is was <laughs> until he got fat and poisoned and killed by a boar. And he uh, was an alcoholic. Robert Baratheon was a great battle commander in the canon. And Tarly is as well. And Tarly defeated him. And that's a big deal. Um, you're not going to find... I, 
I don't know how many great battle strategists are in Danny's camp, to be honest with you. With Jorah gone and and, and embarrassed and dead, I don't feel like she has a lot of great military commanders outside of Yara. Yeah, and she's now kidnapped and probably soon dead. Yeah, so. Sorry. That's one thing to think about. You know, the dragons are definitely a force equalizer or force multiplier big time. But there's also the, 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 the combat. I feel like your better generals are in Westeros. I know the Dothraki are formidable, but they're fighting on completely unique terrain. You know, I don't know how many castles the Dothraki siege. I'm going to guess zero. So, I mean, this is a big win if Tarly goes with them, is my point. Yeah, I guess. So let's go to the, uh, let's go below King's Landing. Okay. Where's that? Below King's Landing? What, what do you mean, where is that? Where, where's below? Oh, like literally below. Literally. Underneath. I thought you were like talking about the map and you're like, all right, let's go to this new location. It's right <laughs> below King's Landing on the map. And I was like, shit, I haven't studied the Game of Thrones map in a long time. Old Town is south of there, but we're not there quite yet. Yeah, exactly. So. Cersei and Kyburn looking at dragon skulls. They discuss yeah. Larion the Dread. I love this scene. I love the props. This is a great it, it, scene. It does look fantastic. The fucking dragon heads are amazing. I thought this was awesome. Beautiful. Um, Aegon rode across the sea, the beast that brought the seven kingdoms to yield. Powerful, but not invincible. Right. And he's not wrong. Because the Dornish killed Meraxes with the same weapon. I know you always tell, talk about that because yes. I say I hate Dorn and then you say they kill dragons. Dorn is badass, dude. Yeah, except I hate them. You don't. You hate their depiction in the show. You don't really know much about them. I liked Oberyn. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Fucking Tyrion, get him killed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this person I'm sitting next kidding. to me? I'm just kidding. You're like. <laughs> Today is opposite day. No. It, it, it is opposite day. We're going to get to the Citadel and we'll be like, no, I can't stand. <laughs> <laughs> Chora Mormon. Fuck that guy. <laughs> that fucking grayscale. Sick of it. <laughs> Comes in here with a stinky flesh. <laughs> Get out of here, you. Your shitty yellow tunic. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway. So um but uh this is this is awesome, cool evil music. Cersei tries out the weapon, which doesn't really matter. I mean, no, but it's cool. It is like, cool. It, it, the, the way the scene looks is cool. Maraxis took it in the eye too. And, and and that's the thing, is like just this idea of and, and, you know, Kyburn says, like, hey, a dragon was injured, like, in the fighting pits. Like, we know about this. So we know it's not just this old legend. We know this thing actually happened. So they can be injured. They can be killed. Here's this fucking cool toy I made you. Mm-hmm. And when that thing, she shoots that thing, and it goes right through the dragon skull, I said, this was good filmmaking because I said it, it just looked fucking cool. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Cool evil music. Cersei blasts the thing. And now he says that the blacksmiths have been working on him, so... If they put up on the fucking ramparts and the towers a bunch of ball, uh, ballista, that's that's fucking brutal. I mean, it's no easy task to hit a dragon in the sky. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to be able to hit those dragons. They got to work. They are going to hunt those dragons. Um, this is a th- this is an important point in the show. Combine this with the thing that happens with Yoron, and and I think it was LSK put up Danny one right. Danny zero, Cersei one, like yeah. scoreboard. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong. No, he's right. And and for for that fleet to be sunk and for them to have ballista, it this Cersei's not. It's funny because in the first episode, I'm like, what are they going to do? They have nothing. And now I'm like, hmm, wait a second. 
They have some shit going for them. They destroyed an entire fleet. She has no naval presence at all. None. Mm-hmm. Which is a problem. Okay? No na- Especially when you're on an, an island. Your troops are on an island. So, there you go. Uh, I'm sorry that LSK is not here in the chat tonight to hear us talk about how he made a great point. Because I feel like normally we're like, he's like trolling us a little. and He's having fun. Where I know. <laughs> But I feel like we're always like picking on him about his opinions. No, he's a good. And now he misses me too. So, um, yeah, this is, um, this is something. It's not nothing. And, uh, this is important. She, she needs something. Um, she has Tarly. She has Ballista. She has. What's Ballista? That's what that weapon's called. Correct. It's got a name. That's a that's an ancient weapon. Did they say it in the show, or is that like the actual name of it? I don't think they used it, but that's what they called them. And back in the day, the fucking Romans used. How them. come you even know that? Because I played D and D. How do you know the names of random <laughs> weapons? Jesus, it's not that absurd if you're into fantasy and shit. <laughs> okay, like come on, man. I just didn't know you knew about a bunch of random weapons, but now yeah. I know. Well, you know, I do know now. If you played with little toy men, you'd know too what a ballista was. Okay, right, I guess so. So man up and play with little plastic toy men with me. Uh, oh, I th- <laughs> So Old Town and Citadel, you want to go there? Yeah, let's go there. Let's do it. <clears throat> Sorry, Jorah's still my boyfriend. Bye. Is that all you got? No, but I do love Jorah. Um, I-, I like the scene where Jorah's asking these questions like how long? And they're like, yeah, it could be a while, you know? And he's like, no, but like how long until like I'm my brain doesn't work normally? They're like, yeah, maybe six months if you're lucky. Um, and Sam is already like, oh, but what about Shireen and all these things? Yes. I think we can cure Grayscale. The guy's like, no, bro, that was a child and a baby. Mm-hmm. You can't cure an adult. And the one person who tried to cure adults got Grayscale and died. Hylos. is basically what he was saying. I love that. I, I love this, this whole conversation, him stacking the books uh, again. Old no, no, Town. No, before, this is before even the book scene. This is when they're in the room with Jorah. Oh, oh, right. He tells him of his affliction. Yes, I'm sorry. Right. And and he basically says it, it can only be cured. Like that headmaster guy is like, hey. Archmaster. Archmaster was like, hey, you can cure it in babies, but not adults. And Sam's like, no, no, no. I've read all these books. And he's like, no, bro. That guy died at grayscale. It's dangerous. We don't allow it. Sorry. Bye. And then he leaves the room. He also tells Jorah that he could live 10, maybe 20 years, but his mind will be fucking mush in six months. Yeah, six months. months. Yep. Uh, Sam. So here's what I love about Sam. Sam is a very empathetic person and he's always, he, he never gives up when it comes to helping somebody in need. It, with Gilly at Craster's Keep, that was a huge fucking gamble. Exactly. And, and this is the thing about this is Sam is doing all this like, no, I think we can cure Grayscale and here's all this thing and I read it into it and all this, blah, blah. And he has no fucking clue who Jorah is at this point. Right. And he still wants to do it. Right. That's why Sam's so great as a character. In the moment when he realizes who Jorah is, mm-hmm. he's like, hey, should we notify your family? And he's like, I'm Jorah Mormont. Like, it, don't, it doesn't matter. Bye. Yeah. And Sam's like, oh my God. Yep. Which if Lady Mormon, I hate to tell you guys this, but if Lady Mormon knows of why Jorah was in trouble with the North, specifically Ned Stark, it's because he sold people into slavery, which is why he's in trouble. Then he probably doesn't have a good reputation with her either. I hate to say it. Was Liana Mormont? Mm, he might not. They might not be fond of him back home, uh, as he made it explicitly clear here. Uh, and I believe the story goes, if I'm not mistaken, he sold criminals into slavery. 
I think. Not I, just, am, I yeah. don't really want to hear about tourists selling people into slavery well, as he's sold, my boyfriend he currently. Sold people, so. He sold people to slavery that were criminals. They might have been murderers or thieves or something, and he just wanted to get rid of them. So and, instead uh, of like, you know, giving them the and death Ned's penalty like, I don't care what they did. In a court of law. He's like, I don't care what they did. You can't do that shit. You're in trouble. And he fled. He said, oh, fuck well, I mean, that. isn't prison just slavery? Technically. Yeah, he was married to some broad spending all his money. Jorah was? Yeah, you know, ghosts. Oh, my God. Stop <laughs> saying that. Stop saying that. <laughs> poachers, poachers. <laughs> he was like poachers into slavery? Yeah. <laughs> because I don't like poachers, for sure. Thanks they kill the, animals. Thanks for the clarification, Mr. Tamulus. Poachers kill animals, so I hate poachers, and I think that mm. Jora did the right thing here. Would you have her supper tonight? Is it a dead animal? All right, we're not going to go This there. is a gluten-free so, Subway sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're very moral of you. It was chicken. <laughs> Great. Who cries for the chickens? So, um, <laughs> not Jorah. So, uh, I cry for nothing, Khaleesi. So, uh, later, Jorah is writing a letter to Danny, and, uh, oh, oh, yeah. He's like, but, but I found someone who lived. These two people, they were treated, yeah. and here's how. And he's like, yeah, well, Pilate started that, so have fun. Yeah. Basically. It's forbidden. It's yeah. forbidden. But this goes back to Sam. Being the guy who's willing to risk his total reputation of being a maester, completely and utterly, to save a stranger's life because he knows he, because he really he believes he can he do can. it. I love that about Sam. And then when he finds out who Jorah actually is. Yes. I knew your father, Jorah. But, Jorah's um, like, yeah, he hated me, so whatever. Nah, I didn't hate him. But anyway, uh, cut to Jorah writing a letter and Sam enters and they begin the treatment. Fucking A. Yeah. This treatment sounds horrible this is so brutal to it's watch. like when you watch like Grey's Anatomy and they have like a burn victim and they're like okay we're gonna peel your skin off and like for five minutes on an episode of Grey's Anatomy you watch someone screaming while they peel their skin off um that's like this except it was grosser because like all like they like pus and stuff coming out and it was, it was like it's so it was bad. like a I don't know like an animal with like a really bad hot spot it was real gross oh. it was for sure hard to watch but um the drawer was so brave and yeah. trying not to scream <laughs> I was really proud of him. He, he, dude, that can't, the pain would be so unimaginable. But um, I guess this is what it's going to be. He's just going to be like, oh, all right, all right, Lord. He's going to just say, all right, Jora, put, put your piss yellow tunic back on over your grievous chest wounds. And I'll come back tomorrow and we'll continue the treatment. I, I love, though, I, I just love Sam in the scene when he comes in, he's setting up all the stuff, and Jorah's like, uh, what are you doing, bro? He's like, hey, knew your dad. Drink some rum. It's going to hurt a fucking lot. And Jorah's like, have you done this before? And Sam's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, you know, no one else is going to do it. it yeah. Th this is your only option. And Jorah's like, mm, the Khaleesi told me that I need to cure my grayscale and then maybe we can be together as lovers, which she never said, but that's what he heard in his mind because he's kind of like that. Once you're in the friend zone, that's what you hear. Mm. And um, he's going to do it. Yeah. Well, Sam was really cute. And good news for Jorah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, minus the grievous chest wounds. Let's talk about Arya. And this is actually perfect that we did the scenes in this order because now we cut we from Jorah's show. Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't technically, yeah. but no, but because we go from Jorah to the cut into the hot pie pie. Yeah, that was gross. <laughs> that was really disgusting. And now, and Benioff and wife are just trolling. Wife, Benioff and Weiss are just trolling us. Yeah, they're like, hey, <laughs> like, like. They, like they did with the poop and scoop, poop and soup montage. I don't even want to talk about that anymore. Yeah, it makes me upset. 
So, um, Argus Harrell's hot pie. What do you know? That kid made it out after all. Yeah, they, dude, he makes great pie. He is a chunk, though. Like, he's got some chubby cheeks, that kid. He really does. Wow. He's eating a lot of pie. He yeah. is, and they look, he looks so adult. Like, in Ari, we've been watching her for all these seasons. So it's like you don't realize how much she's aged. It was like hot pie. I'm like, holy shit, he is a lot older. He looks a lot older for it's sure. It's unbelievable. <clears throat> like, you, even with Bran, you notice it a lot, but, but definitely with hot pie. I'm sorry I said he had chubby cheeks, okay? I'm I'm just like Randall Tarley. I like, I like how you're ratcheting it back from he's a chunk to I'm sorry I said he had chubby cheeks, you liar. You fucking liar. I call my cat a chunk all the time and I say it out of love. Mm. Well, <laughs> Gives her a hot pie, and uh, she eats Not and drinks himself, it. Hot <laughs> pie. Nail. Uh, they talk about barring, browning the crust ahead of time, and Arya's like, "Well, I didn't do that with the two pies I made." <laughs> Jesus Christ, Arya! He's Arya. <laughs> he calls her Ari, by the way. Right? Still, uh, Brienne comes yep. up. Hot pie asks what happens, and she, of course, doesn't tell him, but says she's headed to King's Landing. And uh, he's like, "Well, why wouldn't you go to Winterfell? Because you know, Jon Snow's there. He fucking smashed the Boltons, and he's now king in the North." Arya's face here is excellent. I agree. Fantastic. Awesome. Hot Pie's like, you're pretty. I never thought you, I can't believe anyone ever thought you were a boy or I thought you were a boy or whatever he says here. And um, what's your take on her meeting Hot Pie here? What is your, why did they, why, why did, what do you think of the reason Benioff and Weiss chose this I, I as think this meeting? They, they need to give a scene where somebody told her about John who knew that it had relevance to her. Like those Lannister soldiers could have told her like, oh, Jon Snow's the king of the north mm-hmm. and and you would have gotten the same information. But I think they wanted to put her with somebody who knows her mm-hmm. and where she could openly react to it. You know what I mean? Almost. Okay, sure. What about the possibility that the last time Hot Pie saw Arya, she was a very different person? That, that's true, too. Because sure. that's one of the things that this next seed leads into in, in the whole Arya piece Mm-hmm. which is the idea of her identity, where she was, what she's doing, where she's going, uh, what matters to her, what direction she's going to go, uh, things of her past. We've seen it with Needle. She couldn't throw Needle into the fucking ocean. Uh, we're seeing this continue with Nymeria. We're seeing this barometer of where she was and where she is with Hot Pie now. And all of this stuff comes back to Arya and the choices she's going to make and the person she has become versus the person who she was and how much of the residual aria from Winterfell is still in the aria of the House of Black and White. Right. It's kind of cool, right? Um, I do agree, though, with people who are like, the frustration about Arya didn't know about Jon, and I agree. I feel like she was enough in the know about things that that it is surprising that she spent all this time in Westeros. She spent all this time with the phrase. She did all this stuff, and she never even heard casually like, oh, John Snow's the king of the north. Like, mm. I that is a little bit of um, suspending disbelief, um, as we we creative writing yeah. people say. That's something. Uh, that that's something Keith brought up while he was arguing with everybody. Ugh, typical Keith. But he said that was the one point I was with him on, which is he said, you know, when she was infiltrating the phrase, she didn't catch any wind of this whatsoever. Yeah, I, just I agree. Seems kind of unbelievable. Suspending disbelief. You have to suspend disbelief here so we could have this moment. Right. I got gotcha. you. You know. But anyway, take care of yourself. Try not to get killed. Uh, Arya leaves and heads north because we see the other people who said they were going to go to King's Landing going the other direction. Yes, the first time I'm like, which way is she going? I hope it's north. And the second time I watched it, I'm like, got it. (laughs) So try, if you can, objectively, (laughs) to talk about this next scene where she encounters Nymeria. Tell me 
Obviously, I know how it's going to make you feel, as is every listener. But tell me what you think it means in the story. Oh my god, I'm like so happy. I'm smiling so much right now. This was fantastic. I'm sorry. I had like goosebumps and almost cried both times I watched it. It's definitely emotionally powerful. I I love this for for a lot of different reasons. And again, I'm like smiling and like getting all excited. And I'm going to try to be objective and talk like a normal person and not like someone who's like, oh my God, a dog that that knows its owner. (laughs) Yeah, it's more than a dog. (laughs) I know, but whatever. Anyway. So... This is what I like about this. I think this works in a lot of different ways. And I think that it is important and it's important to Arya's journey, which is that she is out in the woods. She's surrounded by a pack of wolves. And at the head of this pack of wolves, normal wolves, not giant dire wolves, is Nymeria, not my cat, the dire wolf. In my notes, I wrote, I legit cry. (laughs) Um, This is what I like about this. Arya goes from being nervous to immediately having this recognition of that this is Nymeria. She 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 kneels down, she puts her sword down, and she speaks, it's me, Arya, I'm heading north, girl, back to Winterfell. I'm finally going home. Come with me. A quick note on this scene, it's unlikely that anyone would sneak up on a fucking faceless man unless it was a pack of fucking sneaky animals. Like I that, agree. I thought that was cool. I was like, damn, who the fuck is sneaking up on her? And then you start to think, holy shit, it's going to be wolves. But continue. Yeah, as soon as I saw one wolf, I was like, oh my God, I'm Miriam. Anyway, I, I like this conversation where Arya recognizes her and she gets so emotional. And Nymeria clearly recognizes Arya because she goes from starling to calm to looking at her to being so close to her. Yeah. Um, Arya says, come with me. And there's like this, this pause, this moment they like look at each other and Nymeria just turns around and walks away. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's this moment of like Arya, like completely devastated. And in my notes, I wrote, as am I, because I was also <laughs> devastated. Um, and then you, this little Maisie Williams, or the hell her name is. See, I don't know anyone's names tonight. They're real names. What a good actress she is. Mm-hmm. And again, and I watched the after thing with Benioff and Weiss, and they're like, all that matters is if she can get this right or not, because if she's sitting there with CG. It's just about her face. She mm-hmm. has to, with her face, convey from devastation to understanding. And she does it so well. Like she has this realization. And then when she says, that's not you. And and without even understanding this connection of what she says to Ned Stark, because I didn't fucking remember what she Nobody said to did. Ned Stark in season one. Nobody did. But it didn't matter. And people were like, well, is it not Nymeria? Is it not this? And I'm like, and, and in my mind, I immediately understood like, no, like they're both different. Correct. It, they, they, they don't have the same path. Like Nymeria has this thing that's hers and she's independent and Arya's independent and they're both doing their thing. And that I could get without remembering this thing. Mm-hmm. This one callback. Nymeria is independent-ish. She has a pack. But she has a pack. And this is important because then this goes back to this, uh, the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. Ah. Okay. So this isn't like Arya's like, I'm well never going to be, I'm never going to be a noble woman because in, in this is something like Keith Spino said, like, oh, is she going to completely change her course now and not go to Winterfell because Nymeria is out in the woods? Mm-hmm. No, the opposite. What's happening is, is Arya was like, I'm not a noble woman. That's not me. Mm-hmm. And Nymeria's like, hey, I'm not a pet anymore. You know, you threw rocks at me and told me to go and Jessica cried in season one when this happened. I don't know how I'll never forget that. Me neither. Oh God. 
Anyway, so Nymeria is like, hey, uh, that's not me. I'm not your pet. Like, I have my thing, but I have my path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Arya is ab- like... Nymeria can't abandon her path. And this to Arya is, I have to go back to my pack. I feel like I feel like this I, is I only going to encourage her more in that direction. Yep. I thought the scene was beautiful. I don't care. Troll me on Facebook all you want. I loved it. The end. Not just because of dogs. <clears throat> I think it's important to note that dogs. too, because a lot of people are taking it as, that's not me you know, that's not me going to Winterfell. I'm going to turn around and go to King's Landing. I think that's, that's a common misconception, but it's but it's not a bad thought process. And maybe that's true. Maybe that is what she's going to do. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but I feel very emotional about this and I feel like my emotional understanding of people and their dogs. But, but I'm down <laughs> with the back to the pack, especially the whole lone wolf thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that's a big part of it. That wasn't throwaway dialogue. I think this is... Arya realizing that Nymeria has changed. Nymeria has pack responsibilities. Arya has pack responsibilities. Maybe she's not going to be a lone wolf. She never threw Needle away. She never just gave herself over to the House of Black and White. Right? Right. She never left her pack. She was always a Stark. Never left She it. could not ever not be Arya Stark. Yes, that's not me. I'm not a noble woman. You're right. But I think she needs to go pack. home and be with her fucking family. Because at the end of the day, all of this trip, all of this shit was all for that. First, it was survival. I need to escape. I need to get away. I'm going to kill everyone that took my family from me. Holy shit, John's alive. Sansa's alive. There's some people still out there. And seeing Nymeria and knowing, sadly, bittersweetly, that Nymeria is now happy. Nymeria was chased off for her own good to survive. And she not only survived, she grew massively because she's a dire wolf and they're fucking fantasy creature so she's huge and she's gathered a pack around her and Nymeria is now happy-ish in a sense because they're smarter than regular animals they have an intelligence about them and Nymeria has this pack responsibility and and is like I gotta go do my thing it was nice seeing you and it was cool and now it's cool that I think Arya is saying you know that's not you I respect that I get it and Arya being a lone assassin was never Arya that's not you either Right, you're not a noble woman. You're also not a lone assassin that can throw away. What's the fucking blade called? Needle. Needle. We're like, oh, it sting. Tell me, I didn't say that. I don't. I didn't hear you, you say that. But that. now you okay. said I would have literally made fun of you for ten hours. <laughs> okay. But anyway, which I still might do. Um. So yeah, man, it's it's kind of cool. It's it's a like a bittersweet kind of thing, and I think that was awesome. I liked it a lot. I'm sorry if you did not get goosebumps during the scene. You are not a human or an animal lover, and you are dead to me as a person. That's pretty a uh, harsh judgment by you. Can you just imagine? Oh my God! Now I'm going to get emotional about animals. We got to move, move on. on. We've got it. That's We've my cue. Ching ching! Fucking thirty minutes of you crying about dog. some bullshit. So you're on surprise attack. I I, I don't think that we've seen the last of Nymeria though. Do you? No. Uh, you're on surprise attack. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, this show is pretty fucking awesome. So here's the good news: in a few minutes, Euron's about to rid the world of some shit dialogue from the Sand Snakes. Oh my God! He's They're gonna- the fucking worst. Mama this, mama that, mama mama. Shut up with the fucking oh, mama. Ooh, I'm going to kill this person. No, I'm going to kill this person. No, I'm going to do this. Oh, my mom. Ooh. Shut up. We hate you. I'm glad two of you are dead because I didn't like you guys anyways. Hate the sand snakes. Bye. <laughs> Monkey punch says lots of people name their swords, in which case I just think of the hound retorting. Yeah, they're all cunts. Whatever he says, <laughs> people name their swords. <laughs> That's good shit. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> the sand snakes are the worst. They're about to be dead. Thanks, Euron, for taking care so, of that for us. So, let's talk about it. 
Yeah. yeah. Are we confirming on the, the prettiest one, Obara, still alive? No, Obara's not the Obara's prettiest one. Obara, Obara is the manliest one, okay, and she's I don't for know sure their, dead. Okay, I don't know their names. Bad Pussy. Is Bad Pussy alive or yeah, dead? Yeah, we don't know. Okay, we don't know. She is... That wasn't her hanging from the bow of the no, ship? No, it was the other two girls that were hanging from the ship. Okay. It was the, the two girls on the ship were the ones we saw Then killed. she's definitely still alive because they would have showed the third one. They probably there. took her and maybe mm. she's going to reunite with Braun and then he'll get killed because he's my Deadpool. That would be fantastic. So she is still alive. <laughs> well, we didn't see her die. So as far as we know... As far as we know. Based on Game of Thrones rules that nobody's based dead until Deadpool we see their... Rules? Yeah, that yeah. no one's dead until we see their body. Yeah, Braun's girl outpost is the one that's still alive. Yeah, she grew her hair long. She's looks. She's the most likable one. Why? Because you saw her boob. For sure. <laughs> Typical. She's also super hot. <laughs> Great tits is still kicking. Says Monkey Punch in the chat. Wow. Boobs for days. Oh my god! Everybody is talking about boobs. Boobs is still alive. Jesus Christ. Mm. Well, anyway, she. Um, let's talk about this. Scene. I already talked quite a bit about it. What? What? I. I kind of blew my load early on this. And why don't you talk about? Uh, your impression of, uh, do you of want, this. Do you want to talk about the prediction still of which couple will last longer, Alaria and Yara, or Great Worm Masanti? Because <laughs> I think both are headed for sudden death at this point. <laughs> like, if Yoren hadn't boarded the ship, though, they would have had similar nights, I feel. Yeah. So, just saying. Well, do you want to talk about some of these interactions right before the attack? Yeah, Sand Snakes are annoying. hate them. Um, I like Alaria's is it me or is Alaria just more interesting when she's being sultry and confident? Is she just more like... When she's not angry? It sounds so fucking misogynistic to say, but I'm serious. She she just... When she's not pissed off and yelling all the right. time. Like when she's just like cool and saying slick dialogue and being sultry and she's being like... like hey, you want some Dornish wine? We'll take care of that for you. Like, and you know... It, it's fine. Like she flirts with somebody. That's her thing. That, that's her personality. This is the Alaria we saw back before Oberon was dead. Um, I, I like that she like is basically like, hey, Theon, you into this? You want to join? You want to get me some beer? You want to do whatever? I didn't like that. And No, I didn't like that she did that, but I like that Yara was basically He's like... She's not a servant. She was like kind of like giggling, doing whatever, then she was like, no. Like, and this is what continues this to this Theon like betraying her almost in her mind, I'm sure, in she that moment. She keeps hoping for him and he keeps disappointing Letting her, her down, yeah. yeah. I mean, she fucking sailed into the Dreadfort and he was like, no, I'm Reek. I have no penis. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they were like making out and stuff. And then the chaos began. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Euron has arrived. He has arrived and in style. Um, so I got the scene on in the background again. And, and, and it is a very foggy night and it is very dark. So that could explain some of the stuff here. But uh, Do you also think that they were just not like, hey, it's another Greyjoy ship. We have the same flag. Hey, that's possible. By that's the way, a really good point. I just wanted to throw that. I mean... That's yeah, really I know they know point. how many ships they have, but it's the middle of the night. They're all drinking and just like relaxing. It's not like they're gonna be like, "Hey, there's like 17 more uh, ships that belong to us." Weird. It's possible. You, you know, I, I'm just saying. I'm just trying to make up excuses. That's all. I'm just yeah. just. But let's talk about Euron just coming across and just hacking. He's first man across, which is ballsy. His maniacal smile that yeah, kinda, he's evil as fuck. That sort of Freddie Mercury at the end mustache. It's fucking powerful. That's- the mustache, the Freddie Mercury at the end mustache. That's what it's called. That's what I call it. Okay. I like it. I think it's gangster. Um, and uh, yeah, they get to work. Even your boy, your boy, I call him your boy and you get so mad. Even your boy Theon did some killing. <laughs> Why do you call him my boy? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's my boy. Although I am going to be nice to him a little. Your boy Theon. 
Um, but I, I just think that this action is amazing. Uh, the oh, fire. I the love nighttime, it with the fire, the, the embers. It's, oh, so, it's, it's so, so awesome. nice. to The cinematography is fantastic. Yep. Um, the only thing I didn't love about this fight was when Yara jumps down off the top deck onto Yara. I thought that was stupid. He should have just smashed her at that point. Like, she's standing up on the thing and she jumps and knocks him down. I, dumb. Didn't like He doesn't want to um, smash her, though. He wants to take her as prisoner and give her to Cersei. Also, I appreciate them sparing us whatever horrors they committed on uh, Alarius, uh, on whatever the fuck her name is. Bad Boobs pussy. is what they call her I call in her the chat. Pussy. All right. Um, but... I'm glad we were spared whatever horrors awaited her from the Greyjoys. I mean, we still might see them. We don't know. Legendary rapers. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was great. The fire, uh, Yara just kind of watching it fall apart. There's one scene where they're just fucking battling across the deck and fire from the mast getting hit is breaking down. There's shadows, there's embers. It's just madness and chaos and swinging. It was a really good battle. It's really, really good. Right, and this is the thing, and people in the chat are like, oh, it was really chaotic, it was too fast, it was this, but like that to me is why I liked it, because that was the point. Like, this is the thing about um, the, the Battle of the Bastards, uh, the, the claustrophobic feeling you get when all the men are closing in on John. I feel like this was complete chaos and like not mm-hmm. knowing what's going on, and I feel like you as the audience felt that way when you were watching it. You're like, holy shit, I don't even know who's who, who's fighting what side, what's happening, where are my people? Uh, and I, I feel like that's, I like that I that was the way that I was made to feel from the scene. Yeah, I didn't find it. I mean, a boarding operation is a chaotic endeavor. There's not going to be a lot of room for fighting. I like that we see close quarters and chaotic swinging and madness. Um, I like that a lot. And, and if you watch it a second time, and you know maybe the show doesn't deserve this, but I feel like on a second watch, the fighting becomes a lot clearer. In the beginning, it's dark. You're not sure what's going on. It's nighttime. But... um. Overall, I thought it was pretty pretty intense. Alaria not didn't put up has no fight in her, huh? She didn't no, fight she at all. Like only has fight when she's like poisoning little girls. That bitch. She stabbed. She, <laughs> she, wow, you are a strange bird. She stabs fucking you know the guy who's got polio right in the chest though. I think it's got polio. What does he have? I don't even know who you're talking about. Doctor Bashir. She's like take this. Oh, stabs that in the was chest. a long time ago. Well, not that long. William Bashir is long dead. This is all My the point is, is, we know she knows how to swing a fucking dagger. It was a program. Had a poor, sick old man who's feeble in a chair. Yeah, if he was in the holodeck, why would he want it's to be? It's not Gaius Baltar. Everybody thinks that. It's not. Wait, who's not Gaius Baltar? William Bashir? Yeah, it's not. People can, look alike. People confuse him. James right. James Callis plays Baltar. Um, Disagree. They're not even close to the same. <clears throat> no, but I, I get the I get the resemblance, but it's yeah, not, I guess it's they kind of like talk like the same, like all smart and shit. <laughs> I.e. British. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway, great combat scene. I, I can't. I, I just think it was awesome. I'm really glad we got to see some some naval fighting. Um, but I'm telling you, if you watch it again, get another look at that axe. And uh, let's talk about the standoff yeah. when he gets Yara. He, and, he, and I just want to say, like, before, like, he even gets Yara, like, this look, and there's this moment where Yara is just, like, looking out over the chaos and, like, the look on her face. Like, yes. I got to this point, and now I'm here. So close. Like, this, like, devastation. It, she did, I, and I, I have no idea what this actress's name is. Sorry. <laughs> Somebody tell me. Um, she was fantastic in the scene. She did such a good job. And she's always been someone who I've been like, oh, I could take her or leave her. You're a great joy, whatever. Gemma Wellen. W-H-E-L-A-N, I think. is. She was so good because 
She had such minimal dialogue, but the looks on her face like portrayed so much range. It was just so fantastic when she's just looking out at the chaos, like how did this happen? It's, Mm -hmm. it's so good. Um, yeah, so she battles with Yoran, blah, blah, blah. Yoran is legit a madman. He wins this battle. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's got Yara. He's like, hey, Theon, you want to save her? Come save her. But you know what? Theon can't save her. You want to know why? PTSD. Yep. Or as, sure. as Monkey Punch says in the chat, reek gonna reek. <laughs> yeah. It was sad, man. It was, it was, it was really sad. Because he's fighting so competently. Whole, yeah. He's killing guys. Theon is an accomplished fighter. He studied with Ned Stark. He's he knows how to fight, and he gets into the situation and he just fucking. You see him. Alfie Allen's great here. When when Euron yes. is standing at the other other end uh, other end of the deck, Theon moves with purpose towards him and then stops. And in his face, you see the transformation occur. You see him grab the sword and just start walking. Then he stops and he kind of freezes and he's like, oh no. In the noise, the way they do yes. the noise, like that he's hearing things, he's hearing fighting and he like looks to the side, he kind of like twitches that like reek, like twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't it funny? I'll never forget Alfie Allen's name because he has a fantastic name in real life. Um, he's a great fucking actor. I'm sorry. Like he is so, so, so good in this moment. Yep. All three of them are. Th- this moment of... Yara's face looking at Theon and like a tear going down her face. Theon like can't look at her like going into panic like reek mode. And then when Theon takes off and like Euron's like crazy laugh, which like I'm sure someone's going to complain and be like, it was over the top. It was this, it was that. Nope. It was fucking perfect. This was, this is a Euron Greyjoy that I'm interested in. Last week I was like, ah, poor man's Hugh McGregor, bored. This week I'm like, I'm interested. Yeah. I, I just, I just feel like, I feel like this moment between the three of them was fantastic television. Right. And everyone was perfect in it. Yeah. I, I loved it. What a great closing moment. This, we spent so much time. We invested so much time. We've gone so back and forth on Theon. We've been so upset with him. And then he's done things where we're like, he's changed. And then he doesn't. And then it, it continues on and on and on. And, and when you think finally, it's, it's, it's finally turned around. It's like, no, but it hasn't. And, and, and honestly, again, I'm, and I'm sorry, because I feel so much for Yara, and this is awful, who went above and beyond for Theon. But after everything Theon's been through, is anybody fucking surprised that this is how he reacted in this scenario? Because yeah. we shouldn't be. You know, you, know? you know what he doesn't have? He probably doesn't have a psychiatrist treating him for exactly for his PTSD. He went through. There's no fucking. He doesn't have a therapy dog. He doesn't have any of the things that he needs to make it better. Um, but man, Yara was so sad, and 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 I felt like when she first came to rescue Theon, he was in the dog kennels. Like I don't know. Like I, I just I really felt for Yara so much because I, I I feel like. Uh, yes, Yara's being captured and everything she had was taken away from her. But there was this one last moment where her brother could have been like, let me help you. And he couldn't do it for her. And it was like the the final like nail in the coffin. And that is, um, I don't know. It's, it's sad. It was sad for her. It was sad to watch. It was, it was so well filmed and so well acted. It was really, I really liked it. It was good. He's awesome. And he just fucking jumped. He doesn't even he doesn't even do like a sweet dive. He it wasn't just even does like Tommen. Like Tommen did a way better dive. He did like a shitty, we just got hit with a torpedo jump off the fucking boat. He like cannonballed he into just, the water. He does a shitty fucking Dunkirk off the deck of the boat into the water. He's so scared in that moment. 
Um, it's crazy. Fade to black or cut to black. Hard, hard to black. Boom. Yeah. Right to the credits. What's his name? Gendry or Gendry? How do we say it? I know. Everyone's made that he's joke. He's going to row and he's going to, yeah. I like that Everybody's joke. made that joke. I like that joke. And I hope it really happens because that'd be funny. That's all I'm saying. All right. That's the end of the episode. Finally, um, this podcast was only an hour longer than the episode itself. We've only doubled the episode's runtime in talking about it. Yeah, that's beautiful, isn't it? Good work. Um, so let's talk about... Mm, very problematic. Some listener comments. You want to do that? There's so many, though. I don't know where to begin. Okay. So, um, do you know where to begin? Yeah, I mean, there's a ton. There's a, I couple, I, there's a couple I have in mind. Oh, I don't um, have any in mind, so I got to look real quick. I'm going to read Nate Tamulis. This episode didn't bring up an interesting question. Why was Varys trying to bring Viserys back as king? He knew he sucked and would probably be worse than the apathetic Robert. I suppose he also saw Joffrey waiting in the wings, but still. Good question. Good question. Maybe he just didn't know who else to support in that moment, so he did what he did because he's Varys. I don't know. That's a good question, though. Uh, his speech about his loyalty being to the people who is brilliant makes him one of the most noble of the characters. He also makes no excuse for the assassin that was sent, when I am pretty sure he also sent the former head of the King's Guard over there as well. No begging forgiveness, just taking the valid questioning and putting it all on the line. Dana's response is, response is also great, telling him to bring her failures up to her face to face. I don't think she realizes how Ares the Mad King dealt with such people, but then she threatens to burn him. <laughs> am I the only one getting concerned with Danny's attitude and behavior? Just a vague uneasiness, I guess, but I have concerns. Very good point. How about you? I think we kind of discussed that. Yes. Why all the Sansa hate? She was probably right about John staying in the North, and again, everyone spoke their minds, but accepted John's decision when made. Sansa has successfully stymied Littlefinger for the, like, three seasons. Why is everyone concerned she's going to fall under his spell now? She saw him manipulating her aunt's feelings, too, and then tossed her crazy aunt out of an airlock. <laughs> she also knows the stakes. He's doomed to failure, especially when Arya and Bran arrive. I must be the only viewer who actually appreciates her character arc so far, and I'm interested in what happens next. I like Sansa's character arc. I'm okay with it. Boom. Good stuff out of Nate. Thank you very much. Good observations as usual. Go, Jessica. I'm going to read part of a comment by Lori Browse. Um, not the whole thing, because there's like book spoilery things. And I don't know how people are about that. Um. While everyone cheered Arya's devastation of the phrase, yes, yes, I did too, the scene ended of her with her walking past the corpses. There was a small smile on her face that worried me. Perhaps it's my mama bear heart, but I saw in that smile that the Arya I love slipping away. I understand it was what she had to do, but I don't want her to like it. Fast forward to last night. Her face-to-face -face encounter with Nymeria perhaps reminded her of who she is at heart. A Stark of the North, having courage, honor, and tight family ties. It is exactly what she needed to remember, given the horrors she's faced and what those horrors stripped from her. Because in the end, I think she's much more rounded, embracing her goodness along with her deadly skills than just being a faceless, cold assassin. Okay. it's awesome. I thought that was a good comment. I absolutely think that's good. And then she says spoilery stuff. So No spoilery Yeah, get out of there. So if you want to know about it, just read that comment. Awesome. We um, had the conversation about the spoiler <clears throat> thing the other day. I also uh, had a separate conversation. I asked people what they thought of Miss Sandy and um, Grey Worm. Oh, I didn't even read that. Most people said that they thought it was a bit long, but it was also a bit nice and sweet. Uh, that seemed to be the general consensus without me going off and reading another 37 comments. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. All right, any final thoughts you want to say about this? This episode was fun. I thought a lot of good stuff happened, and... 
I'm excited for what is to come next. I'm excited for the meeting between Danny and John, which I imagine will happen at 9.55 next Sunday when there's approximately three minutes left in the episode. Because uh, you know that they're not going to lead with that shit. Mm. Just like they didn't lead with Jon Snow coming back from the dead, guys. Uh, so I look forward to that. So I actually look forward to that, not next week, but the week after. Um, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Arya reunite with her people. When's Bran going to reunite with his people now that he's uh, south of the wall? Where does Danny go from here? Mm-hmm. How does this affect her relationship with Tyrion? Mm-hmm. This plan that he came up with has has wreaked devastation on her Westerosi army, essentially. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited to see what happens next. Well, it was his idea. I'm not sure, um, you know, the, the strategic execution of that plan is really on Yara. I know, but there was already this yeah, out plan in true. her mind by it's Elena true. Tyrell. And is this not going to make that seed grow? Isn't this a little water, a little sprinkle of water on the seed? It could be an interesting dynamic to see uh, a schism, as it were, right between the two. It, it just... Possible. Uh, I do want to say one more thing. I don't have many final thoughts, but I do want to bring this up for that Jelly Fee says in the chat. Can we mention how Weiss and Benioff are killing it in this off the book execution? It's a good point. There's no book to go off of. I know they talked to George R. R. Martin. I know there's definitely some deviations, but damn, man, think about that. They don't have their binky to go to outside of they can make a phone call and be like, what do you think of this to George R. R.? But I think that's a really good point. They are killing it. I'm so happy with the first two episodes already. I think they're doing a great job. Right. The fact that the show, when it was following the books exactly, and it was fantastic as one thing, and then when you're completely moved away from the books, and yes, I know they're getting source material from him, but they don't have what they had at the start. Sure. And they're still making a fantastic television show. Um, That cannot be said for a lot of TV shows. So, just saying. It's very true. All right. Um, Anything else you want to say? Next week, we're going to record on Tuesday, not Monday. Sorry. Okay, cool. So next week, we're recording on Tuesday, not Monday. You heard it here first. Thank you guys very much for tuning in to another episode of the Game of Thrones podcast by LSG Media. Make sure you visit us on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. Guys, it's been fun. We will see you next week. And uh, until then, remember, munch that box, fellas. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for checking out LSG Media's coverage of A Game of Thrones. Make sure you check us out on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net, where you can see other shows we have, like The Walking Dead and the Science Fiction Film Podcast. All right, folks, we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Have a good one.